This episode of the Co-Optional Podcast is proudly sponsored by Squarespace. Whether you need a domain name, website, or online store, make your next move with squarespace.com slash co-optional. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome to the Co-Optional Podcast here on the 5th of December, 2017. How oh, wow. Hello. Hello to everybody. Hello. 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 Hey. Hi. Hello. Hey. Hello. Bonjour. This is how we do social interaction oh, in the sorry, land of YouTube. I gotta go. Hello? Hello? <laughs> Hello? Hello? It's very natural, like, as well-developed adults would do. Yeah. We're a good example. As people who have spent a great deal of time in the social scene. Yes. Where are you people? Hello? Where Where am I? I, I <laughs> what is this? No one this really is, knows at this point. This isn't a video game. No. No. Far more serious <sighs> than that. Because, of course, the Co-Optional Podcast is brought to you by squarespace.com slash co-optional. 10% of your first order and a free trial. If you head on over to squarespace.com slash co-optional, you want to build a website and you have absolutely no skills of any kind, you could do that. Damn. You can. It is doable. It is possible. It is achievable. We'll tell you how a little later on in the show. Welcome to the Co-Optional Podcast. We do occasionally talk about video games. Our returning and esteemed guest, the godfather of Let's Play himself, Mr. Slowbeef. Welcome back to the Hi. show. Hi, how are you? Pretty good, pretty good. How how's the sprog doing? I have two of them now. Actually. Indeed, yes, they I have, have multiplied. Uh, I have a three-year-old and a one-year-old. Um, I, so I my three-year-old's into video games now, kind of. Uh, she likes trumpet game, Kirby game, and painting game, which are anticipation Mario Paint and uh, well, any of the Kirby's I can find at the time. Pretty much. Yeah. So she plays them for like five seconds and then runs and plays with a toy instead. Sure. And right. Yes. Of course. I have to yell at her, you know, because I don't I don't want her using her imagination. I want no. to you, Well, you don't want to grow, grow. You don't want her growing up like a filthy casual. You know, you need to get no. started early on this stuff. I want to get her streaming and making dad money. ASAP yes. is the Obviously. thing. Okay? The two yeah. of them I can pull their weight around here. Jesus. Mm -hmm. Indeed. It's, it's a disgrace, really. I, All of that I potential, so. opportunity. Mm -hmm. Wasted because they don't have any vision. No ambition. <laughs> I remember, uh, the last time I was on here, I brought my infant daughter up to the camera. I won't be doing that this time. Brought my infant daughter up to the camera. And somebody complained, by the way. I just want to say. Of course they did. Yeah. They're like, come Welcome on. to the is, internet. <laughs> it's like, this is about video games. It's like, it was 30 seconds, okay? It's about video games. You're listening to the wrong show. Yeah. If you... Three. Nearly every like four episodes or so, 
somebody has an animal and we all coo over the animal for a couple uh-huh. seconds. But apparently a baby is Not too me. fucking far. Too much. That's, that's far, far too much. Just I remember really. when this was about video games. Not me! I remember when it was about a sense of pride and accomplishment. I this did. podcast? That, never, I... that was never a thing. You're right, actually. Yeah, I, I really only feel that way when the paycheck comes in from the show. That is it, honestly. I refuse to watch this podcast and I know it's a lie. So. I don't blame that's, you. That's fine. Get it. You know, a long time ago, when I took podcasting seriously, I remember doing like a, a sort of like 45 minute of do's and don'ts of how to podcast. It was all from doing all this stuff in the wire radio days and learning it as we went because podcasts didn't even exist when we started doing our thing. And they sort of got a name as we were doing it. It's like, oh, yeah. Oh, that's got a name now. Cool. And you can put them places and you can download them automatically. And it's like, these are the set of rules that you should follow to make sure that your podcast is good. And since then, I've abandoned pretty much every single one of them. <laughs> and it's, 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 I, I just don't care anymore. And that's. I had, I had you on my podcast once. It was like the first time I like branched out and like. Oh, yeah. yeah Retsu Talk. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's funny because, you know, you had this really great sound quality and you processed everything. And I sounded like I was coming out of a McDonald's drive through <laughs> during it. So there's this like awesome disparity there that is pretty much unlistenable whenever you're not speaking. So thanks. But uh, you got me a new microphone. So, I mean, you didn't buy it. I, I was like, I think I need he bought that it right for now. you. Yeah, he all right. He, daddy TV. <laughs> he sent me up with this whole house. Make all daddy money. Everything. It's a long term <laughs> investment. Right, yeah, I'm waiting saying. for that to pay out, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, I'll be be waiting a while, but, you know, <laughs> that's the way it goes. God, yeah, I remember back then just trying to find any information on how to make yourself sound good in any way online was just a crapshoot. Mm-hmm. This was before the days of USB microphones that just kind of did everything for you, and I remember just having a graveyard of crappy equipment like bad usb interfaces bad sound cards uh, it's like a 40 like 40 dollar compressor or something that just sounded like absolute shite and i was continually buying gear back then real not realizing that because i was just buying a bunch of cheap gear that was slightly newer it wasn't actually helping in any way and I really wasn't upgrading anything, and I was sort of convinced myself, no, this sounds so much better, it sounds so much better. It's like, no, it really doesn't, actually. <laughs> not, not in the slightest. I'm, I'm totally tenured. You could just tell me anything. and I, I, would, I would just buy it and be like, yeah, it sounds great, whatever. I don't know. But that's just me. You know, if we actually put more effort into this show, as we, we could do in theory, we could have everybody here record locally and process everything. The main problem you get with that is because everyone uses relatively different equipment and is in a different environment, the disparity is actually so bad that <laughs> it sounds worse than Either all, way, it would, it, it would be somewhat awful, right? Oh my, oh my God, is that true? I've been doing that for another podcast. Maybe I should stop and okay, all right. I mean, if I've you have something. similar levels of equipment and things like that, but it's when one guy has much better setup than everybody else and it just, it's already kind of bad because... You guys are coming through voiceover IP, and I'm going directly into XSplit. So there's already a disparity between me and the rest of you, but because the rest of you are going through the same VoIP client, it at least sounds roughly the same quality-wise. So it's not too bad. But I remember there were times when we used to do that old recording method, when I would do like interviews with WoW Radio and stuff, and it would be some guy who just for that interview, had bought a $5 headset or whatever from Walmart. 
and I'm like, they'd send me the audio. I'm like, I don't know what to do with this. It it sound we should have just done this over a phone. It would have actually sounded better. Be careful yeah. in that pursuit of quality, folks. You know, it's funny. Speaking of quality, I decided to wear something special for this. Oh, really? Which, yeah. For the old days, the old mm. days of Let's Play. I still have mm -hmm. my unregistered Hypercam <laughs> 2 hoodie. Yes. They're okay. not in print. Well, the one, this yeah, one's not in print, print anymore. We don't sell it anymore. Hyper rare. Anymore. Hyper. How many I, of those did you sell? Come on. Like four. No, I'm kidding. I we bought sold, one of them. You bought one. Yeah. I did. We I sold, bought like, one. An okay run. I mean, like for like some like low level YouTuber or whatever, you know. But uh, I just like that was back in the day when I did merch. I would like manually mail it to people and like put it in the yeah. package and everything like that. To be fair, um, that's the way to make a decent margin. If you're a small, here's here's a little bit of YouTube advice from people who are very old and have done the YouTubes for a long time. Mm -hmm. uh, if you are a small channel and you look at merch like, oh, I should do. Teespring or God forbid Cafe Press or something like that. You are literally better off ordering, you know, in bulk maybe 20 shirts or whatever <laughs> at the price it costs to print them and then shipping them out. You will make, it'll take more time, but you will make some actual money. That is true. Whereas All right, now let me give, any of these let other companies, you will not. a little bit of advice, okay? The smart yeah. thing, the smart thing to do is you take a shirt that's not for sale that nobody can buy that you can't make money off of then you appear on the big podcast and show it yes so you exactly make nothing yeah yep. okay indeed some okay. people yeah As some opposed, people say do it to merch that you have you know, so people will yeah, buy it. you know like this for no. instance but my code version is even better because it's more red because we improved the print quality that you can find at totalbiscuit.shop oh thank you very much Wait, i could buy that yes you absolutely Whoa. could incredible isn't it it's amazing. It's like I'm making Lovie, money. What's on your What's on your cup? This is a Star Wars uh, cup. I. It's like the biggest cup That's I high have. High quality to... merch. It's. Uh, yeah. I guess I'm trying to be able to tell if it's a holiday Star Wars cup. It is. Or... It has snowflakes. That's cool. what they did to it. Cool. It's... Great. <laughs> yep. Just double checking. There was yeah, a lot no. of red involved, and I just I just wanted to be sure that I saw what I saw. <laughs> no, it is very much Star Wars snowing. So therefore, Christmas. Cool. I've been trying to avoid all the Star Wars stuff. I'm gonna be honest. Like trailers and things. Yeah, I looked like a bit of an idiot during the showing of Thor Ragnarok because right before that they had the full-length Last Jedi trailer. So I covered my eyes and stuck my fingers in my ears, trying to avoid. And it didn't matter. It was a massive, great stonking theater, pumping out a hundred decibels of whatever surround sound system they use these days. Like. I, I'm just like, la, 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 not listening. Yes, there's, there'll be Star Wars-y things and there'll be lightsabers and I don't want to know. I don't want to know anything. There's no lightsabers in this one. Oh. Huh. Sorry. Okay. I'll be all right, I guess. Spoilers. Is... Spoilers, no lightsabers in Star Wars. Yeah, it's but, called The Last Jedi because there's nothing left. Well, they replaced all the characters with those porgs, right, for merchandising yeah. purposes. That's my yeah. understanding of it. Mm -hmm. she, just, she just thinks really hard at people. Oh, okay, that's fine. Once the Corruptional <laughs> Podcast, we do occasionally talk about video games. Very occasionally. Oh, man, we're coming towards the end of the year. Our fake awards show, The Co-Opties, which usually goes on over two episodes, will be starting on the 12th of December, and then we'll have another episode on the 19th. So do tune in for that. We will be making up all manner of categories, no doubt. Hmm. Gonna Lots be good of them. Shit. It'll be good. Yeah. 
we'll we'll outdo ourselves this year. I can guarantee it. None of you believe me. I'm getting I like can't I, wait. I'm was, getting I'm no support. That was that was really like I putting no. on a pedestal that I don't think we deserve. <laughs> no. No. It it is awful. I look at the way the other big gaming podcast works. Like, yes, our awards uh, process goes on over the course of two weeks with eight-hour discussions on a daily basis. And they're like, well, we make up some categories like best use of a dinosaur and most waifu potential. And that's how we do our awards. Because the video game industry is very... Yes, I agree. The video game industry is a very serious place. Don't, don't contradict it, Jesse. Don't. That's why I need your support on this, Jesse. That's why we really kill it in the in the end of the year award game. That we do. No one has ever said otherwise up to this point. No. Every single person who's ever watched it has said, wow, this was a good use Incredible. of my time. So yes. That's actually exactly what they say in uniform at the end. Yeah, of yeah. Mm-hmm. You see a lot of it in chat just happening all at the same time, and you feel like there's something weird going on there, but yes. you don't really question it because it like feels good. Right. So. <laughs> this is the best use of my time. <laughs> Apparently, Jesse thinks arguing against it is not the best use of his time. So I've I can't argue against it. I just won't. I'm not gonna. Well, you better it. bring some damn good categories next week. That's all I'm saying. I won't. <laughs> you gotta bring all the story stuff because I don't care just about that. Of, uh, just think of games that you love. Horizon. Just think of games that you love and then come up with a dumb category. Yeah, come up with a category that it can definitely win. Best Best Aloy. Of Aloy in a video game goes to my dreams. Cuphead, I believe, isn't it? (laughs) Best game that rhymes with Bang and Rampa. (laughs) Yeah. Now you're now you're thinking. There you go. Now you're thinking with portals. It's good. Mm -hmm. That's a freebie. I like it. Thank you. What have we been playing this week? Oh, over the last couple of weeks, or whatever you would like. Mr. Beef. Uh, I have been playing a game called Monolith, which I love to pieces. You have and... been hyping this game the entire year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I... You've been talking a lot about this one. Yeah, actually, and I, I uh, you know, full disclosure, I had the devs come came into my stream and talked to me for a bit and stuff, but um, they're, they're like really nice guys. It's like three guys who decided, they looked at the Binding of Isaac and said, what if we made this like good? And yeah. it's very... It's very action. It feels it's like Binding of Isaac, but it feels less like a slot machine. It's a dungeon crawler where you're flying spaceships and it's like bullet hell and stuff. But the weapons are really creative. The enemies are really creative. They like vary from like kind of cutesy and spritey to like really like dark and sinister. It's just really well done. You can just play it for like you just lose one of those games you lose track of time on because you do like run after run after run and it never feels unfair you never get like too over crazy overpowered but you still have those fun rng runs where it's like you get some like triple homing laser that just like melts through energy bars and stuff i'm a big schmuck person and bullet hell person that's yes. like totally my jam so this is like roguelike without being obnoxious or procedural generated really you know um I, I just, I love it to pieces. It has so much charm and everything, and I, and I wish it got more exposure. And that's the only reason I came here, so. Mm. I, <laughs> is it evangelized monolith? Yes. This is the best use of my time, so. I I think, I mean, I'm looking at it, and I'm, you know, obviously thinking one of the main reasons why it probably didn't get a huge amount of attention is that it's look, you know, I mean, it looks Commodore 64-esque, you know, they, very old DOS game. They went for that kind of look. Yeah, exactly. Um, when you get to like bosses and stuff, it gets more actiony and a little more um, 
grander scale kind of if that makes sense yeah i i know what you mean yeah it's one of those things you look at and you're kind of like i don't know but if you if you give it a shot it's like just tons of fun and stuff and usually like when i when i play it on stream like the big chat message is like like thank you for this because i started playing it and i love it now so i i have a contest act or a contest i have like a thing whenever i meet up with like matter woolly you know, from uh, two bet. This me and yeah. dropping now. Yeah, but we try to figure yeah. out the game. Oh, you know, in high society now. I see. Yes. I that's that's me saying like I hang with people. Okay, I I'm like one of those hanger on people. Like you know, it's like oh, who the fuck invited Sloby? But still, um, but we try to like pick a game that like neither of us had played or something. That's like some weird indie thing that you think the other person will like. And Monolith is like the one I'm holding on to for when I meet them next time. Basically. Right. Yeah. Yeah, the more I watch this, the more, you know, what you first said about that, the devs, like, we wanted to make Binding of Isaac book good, which obviously will trigger quite a few that, people in the chat. But That was I'm my looking... joke, but not the devs. But... Oh, okay, right. Don't blame the devs. Entirely his fault, then. But yeah. I'm looking at it, and I'm thinking, you know, why did I not like Binding of Isaac? Well, there's two reasons. One, I really don't like the aesthetic. Um, it That's a very personal, subjective thing. I just don't like its obsession with fecal matter i don't like the sort of twisted fetus thing that's going on with it it's you know it's just not my not to my taste right you know for yeah no i totally feel you on that i don't i don't like poop in my games either it's no just me, generally but. not uh, not into that no. but the other part of it and this is the bit that really drives me mad is just how basic the combat is out of the box and yeah, I, I'm aware that once you get the right combination of items, things become a little crazy, but it's still mostly about shooting a very, very basic projectile. I'm getting yeah. a bit more out of this. from what, This is from your first stream, I think, that you ever did of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's um, the thing about Isaac, too, because I, I did get into Isaac, and I did the Lost run, and the Lost is really eye-opening in terms of the game is a little more slot machine-y than it first appears. Not like totally, of course, not like, you know, but you really you start to realize like this is really rng heavy if there's some runs you'll do in isaac and you're like i i can't do anything with this this is just you just like, it's unsalvageable it's like yeah or it's gonna be a 90 minute slog where yeah. i'm just like plinking away at boss some people Monolith, like that. i have not had a run like that at all hmm i it's interesting to hear that because i i think uh, that's the appeal of isaac to a lot of people uh, mm -hmm. the just how slot machine it is because i mean that is a ton of variety especially the amount of content they've added I, mean, I remember Gungeon in particular, and some people complaining about that. And Gungeon, you can do incredibly well with just the starter weapons. and But some people still argued, oh, there's a big slot machine element to Gungeon. If you don't get the right weapon in the first couple of levels, you're boned. Uh, which I don't think is necessarily true. Mm. It's just the problem wasn't that it was unbeatable it's what you just said there it turned the run into a slog if you didn't yeah. have interesting weapons you could do it it's just you didn't fucking want to you know it dragged on forever the boss fights were lengthy etc etc yeah yeah i was gonna say i i i think that in both games that potential is there for you to be like i can do this but it isn't fun right you yeah. know um you've played a pretty significant amount of both haven't you the play to be really really fun because your weapons are cool or the items you've picked up are cool and the way that they combine together is like interesting yes. right um and that's what you want each time you play and when you don't get when you've gotten that in the past and you don't get it on a playthrough it's like boring you know yeah, mm -hmm. yeah i i think 
if I go back and look through all of the roguelites I've played, Ziggurat's still pretty high up there because I always found those runs interesting because it started you off with always with a cool weapon of some sort. Mm. And it, mm -hmm. it, you know, it ramped your power up pretty fast. And I thought the, the pacing was dead on in that game as opposed to quite a few others. Uh, Dead, Dead Cells is the same. I mean, Dead Cells ramps the power up nice and quick as well. But I heard they've completely yeah. redone that in the latest update. Like, uh, Yeah, mm -hmm. I haven't played it since they updated it. Apparently, yeah, they've they've changed quite a bit. Yeah, I've, I'm intrigued. I've heard not great things from the latest update, but I haven't played it myself. No, but, that game was so fun. I, I liked it a lot. Yeah, totally. I heard it, it's just sort of like they need to tweak the numbers or something. Like some stuff is just too powerful or too damaging. Yeah, well, I know that when I first played it, if I had like two bleeding weapons, I was too like way too powerful. Bleeding oh, was broken initially. I remember that was one of the first things that they hit on the head big time with a nerf bat. Of course, the issue with a game like that is it's an early access. Yeah, it's subject to change, but there's a lot of people playing. It's like what they did with Darkest Dungeon. They had a lot of early access success, and in the time when this is the time when it was supposed to be changing things, they then changed something and upset a shit ton of people and caused a massive backlash. I mean, I remember how bombed Dungeon, uh, Darkest Dungeon got on the reviews after they made the corpse, the corpse change. Thing. Yeah, Which is so stupid because most people play with corpses now because they've realized yes. it's not a big fucking deal. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I, mean, I, I, I can it. see how like early access is is really good in terms of getting a lot of data really fast um, and also getting money to fund the rest of the production of your game. But like at the same time, you suddenly have so many people who are like, I paid for this early access experience and you will hear what I have to say. And you you changed <laughs> what I bought. And like, well, yeah. that's, that is what early access is supposed that's to be for. This is for. But yeah. I, I think it's just the way that early access has worked out over the last few years. A lot of people don't really understand that anymore because a lot of these games come out in early access just like well we're not really going to make any significant changes we just happen to have launched in early access for whatever reason because we want to get money quicker mm. they're not going to make massive changes to the game i mean fuck imagine what would happen if they did a massive change to PUBG. like yeah something significant mechanically there would be a worldwide riot they're not in yeah. any position where they Trying could possibly do that. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> I think that's probably why they're trying to get out of early access as early as they are, despite the fact that they're clearly not ready. That game's still yeah. busted performance-wise. We had the interesting news that was quickly retracted by the guy that developed it. saying, like, yeah, it's going to run at uh, 60 FPS on Xbox One X. And then about 30 minutes later, it's like, no, guys, it's going to run at 30 on all Xboxes. Just kidding. Like, I don't know who tweeted that. Yeah. It was it was the dev, the lead dev. It was fucking player unknown, I believe, that said it. I'm like, how the fuck are you going to get that to happen? <laughs> Do you see how it runs on PCs? No. It's bore. It's um, balked. It's balked. Some people are saying that they're potentially leaving early access but will stay in beta <sighs> that sure doesn't make that. any fucking what is, sense what does that mean it doesn't I mean anything know. does it at that point <laughs> i mean it's the warframe situation i think warframe is still technically in beta is it really yes technically but like that doesn't seven mean years in? at that point it doesn't mean anything does it no, no. At that point means nothing but I thought, like, beta is, like, supposed to be feature complete. Like, everything, like, pretty much the major pieces we want to put in are there, and we can do it and stuff. I mean, I guess you can just call it anything. 
but ridiculous. Well, like, yeah, we've talked about alpha versus beta and all of that stuff on here not too long ago. And the determination was definitely, and I think most of us even got emails from devs confirming this, that it's like those, they don't necessarily mean anything anymore when you're talking to consumers, you know? Yeah. Like the layman doesn't know what that means. So it's just kind of like we're in beta, which means people can play it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) People can play it, but we're not released. Well, and that's all that it means. It's also down to the fact that, you know, over the past few years, the way that games have been released and then content has been added to them has been changed fundamentally because of digital delivery. There's now an expectation that your game comes out when you support it with content for a very long time. And if you don't, then people may very well just go elsewhere. A lot of the health of the game really comes down to that. And obviously some of that can be paid, but there's an expectation by a lot of people, oh, there's got to be free updates. And maybe a lot of that expectations come from the free-to-play model, which lives or dies on the back of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So beta doesn't really mean much. You know, these games I- as a service, I guess... You could treat them like that, or just like most games just don't, they're not finished and they probably never will be. I, I work in software dev, not game dev, and we talk a lot about like alpha, beta, and release candidate. But every place I've worked, it's always different. Like everyone just has their own definitions, and it's basically yeah. just like, you know, whatever. It's Greek. Who knows? <laughs> well, I think it's when beta a few years ago really became demo. Yeah. Was, uh, yeah. Hey, it was back in the, and it was actually even further back than that because I remember it was the File Planet days when beta was becoming demo. It's like, wow, I got access to a beta. Like that, that at that point sounded like, ooh, this is, it's like being part of a secret club. In reality, it was just, it was a demo for the game, basically. Mm. And that's all it's really been ever since. <laughs> but yeah, no, it was, it, it was nice those days when you got like the pre with the exclusive thing. I remember. Or oh, like yeah. you know when you're when you're doing like the YouTube stuff and like you get that dev who like reaches out to you the first time and you're like oh my gosh this is great I made it and then you find out you were on like some mailing list and they only have like a thousand people. But <laughs> always stings like ah it was oh. not as exclusive as I thought. I thought I was special. I mean I didn't <laughs> think that but I would presume. Jesse, what you been playing this week? We must know. The world demands to know. I mean. Truthfully, not much. Um, I uh, have been trying to do a million other things than playing games, but um, uh, I listened to your conversation. I just went on to go look and see what was being uh, played right now on just early access. And first off, I love it. There's an early access tab on Steam. Quality. Um, (laughs) But more importantly, like, I don't want to shit on the platform we're on right now, but I have very strong feelings about Twitch and what it does to perpetuate the early access phenomenon. Okay. Based on uh, uh, every, the desire. I'm trying to be diplomatic and not poop where I make money. Does that make any sense? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Don't, I don't jump. make any money. I don't make any money here, so I'm fine to like just shit all over Twitch if you want. I can I, mean, I can say those. I don't, I can be I don't mind. I don't mind doing that anyway. I think it's reasonable. The but, culture I mean, of Twitch is very much like on to the next thing very quickly, unless mm-hmm. they're being paid not to do that. 
and but like games like watching people cycle through games as quickly as humanly possible like look i gotta beat this thing in the next 12 hours because you know i have to i need to finish it and be the first like that shit drives me crazy but that's been a youtube thing too yeah yeah that was well there's yeah i mean there's definitely people like rad brad who just have the game is done on his channel before it releases and you're like how the fuck that even happened? Well, yeah. you know, it happened. He, you know, he, he has deals to get these things early from people. Understandable, but like, why as a game company would you be like, here, upload the entire game before it releases? Like, that's See, bonkers. I well, always thought Rad Brad had some connection, like he worked at a game store or something. So he was breaking street date by recording it before the release and then releasing it like pretty much as soon as embargo's over. I'm not, that was my theory. I mean, I can't no. imagine he's doing that these days, considering the numbers he pulls in, but mm-hmm. it's hard to well, say. I think on, on Twitter, at least for me, because I don't I don't give a shit about like being the first person to finish a game. I rarely ever finish a game anyway, unless it's, you know, like a six to ten hour game. But um it's that it's very palpable when your audience is bored and they don't want to watch that game anymore. Um and then you're but- like fuck, I have to find something new to play. But that's like, that's the crazy, uh, like, I get that's the hustle of like, well, I got to keep my numbers up and I got to do this. Um, But at the same time, over the last two months, I've seen more than my fair share of Twitch friends burn the fuck out. And um, everyone is chasing after the fact of like, well, like, 12 games came out this week, so I got to play like every single one, or I got to find out what the biggest game is. And I got to play that. And that's how shit like PUBG ends up being really, really popular when it's not even a finished game. Where it's like, well, the kids like this shit, so I got to keep playing it. And it's like, but okay. I don't know. I just don't like the culture. I think, I think it's exploited, exploitative as fuck. I, I know. I, I, I agree with, sorry. Uh, no, sorry. Keep going. I was going to say, no, I totally agree with you. And like, and it, it did happen on YouTube too. And you'd call it like day one, let's play is, or even day zero. If people managed to like yeah. pirate it or figure out some way to get it early and stuff like um, Dark Souls three, I think accidentally released on Japanese Xbox live one. So yes. people kind of like got it early and then just played it, you know, and put it up there because there are people who will watch it. And it like, it's like a cycle because you get, you do get views out of it. So then you figure out how do I beat the next person to the punch? And you end up with this like cost benefit thing where it's like, I'm just going to spit out recordings as fast as humanly possible. Yeah. I'm not even going to take any time to look at the game, figure out how I feel about it. It's just going to be stream of consciousness, boom, 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 pretty much vlog over game footage. And there you have it. I, I think that it's so funny yeah. that we're talking about this in regards to player and known battlegrounds because <laughs> there are so many people who have done again what what happened on YouTube a lot, which is like, I am a PUBG streamer now. This mm. is all that I will play until I kick the bucket, right? Like there are people who are doing what a lot of people did with StarCraft, which was just like, all right, I I am uh, cute a Lily Starcraft and that's my YouTube and I will play Starcraft forever. And then, you know, there obviously comes a time when they're like, man, I would like to play other things. And their audience is like, no. Oh yeah. The get, getting stuck in that rut is yeah, a potential and that's, nightmare. That's where some people are at with PUBG right now. And it's not even just the case of can't play anything. Else. It's not even the case of just that. No. I mean, I think that on Twitch in particular, you're going to get 
X number of big streamers that are going to establish themselves. They're going to be good. Their name's going to get around, like with PUBG. You know, the biggest streamers are Shroud, Dr. Disrespect, uh, you know, and, and a couple of others. Low Beef. No, uh, mm-hmm. definitely not Corendor. Absolutely not Corendor. And they're going to be sitting pretty on a lot of viewers and they can keep playing that game for a long time and make good money off it. And it helps that they're very, very good or that they happen to have just cornered the market on a particular game. And then a lot of people try, you know, when they think it's the next big thing. And then they're like, right, okay, I tried. I get, I wasn't able to get to the top or near the top. So I'm going to switch to something else. There are, I think, you know, on Twitch, you just, you have different kinds of streamers. You know, you have competitive streamers who are people that play certain games competitively and generally very good at it. You know, if you look at Twitch right now, PUBG's one, you see Shroud at 30,000 viewers. You know? The best Hearthstone streamers. Like yeah, the, the best Hearthstone streamer. Are but like the ones that are actually really good at Hearthstone. Generally, yeah. You know, or have an extremely fun personality. Mm-hmm. Um, or in, you know, some cases are able to combine both. You know, Dr. Disrespect combines a entertaining persona with also being very good at the game league of legends you know you right now you've got i am cutie pie at the top league of legends stupidly competitive when it comes to streaming mm. so a lot of people have just sort of yeah, dropped out yeah, they've dropped out of streaming long and tally and then you have people like people who've had on the show lyric who is very much a variety streamer ko who's very much a variety streamer of primarily single player stuff mm. and so they but both of them plan out way in advance every single they game absolutely that they play do. and when. Yeah, um, I remember trying to schedule Lyric's podcast um, and when he could appear, and it was based almost entirely around which games were coming out that week, because he had laid this out weeks and weeks in advance. I think the people who are just jumping on it without any plan are the guys who are not going to succeed. And I don't have a plan ever. When it comes to <laughs> the big variety streamers, I think there's also an expectation amongst their audience that these guys are going to play the latest and greatest. You know, see, when whenever Lyric tweets, go look at his replies, you'll always see a lot of like, oh, you're going to play this when it comes out? You're going to play that when it comes out? When are you going to play this? You know, his audience is actively engaged in saying, I want to see you as a personality this play the latest I thing. I want to see you play. Yeah. Um, the, the big, like, the big conversation that's been happening ever since IRL became a category is, so when are streamers supposed to stop streaming? um like that that winds up being no no like that winds up being the problem right jesse what were you gonna say nothing i i i think the idea of um when you look at youtube youtube was i made a video here's and it usually was either here's my life or i played a game and did silly voices over it or like i right but there was a a switch there's a button you can press to turn off and decompress and walk away and with streaming the more t- time that goes on the more it's either i need to do the latest greatest i need to constantly be streaming or when i'm doing real life stuff i need to let them like you see people do things for attention that you're just like what is happening right now and, well, and it's yeah, it's sorry. insane because people just it's the uh, illusion the delusion whatever it is that they're like this is a huge issue i have that they are like filling the void inside themselves with the love 
of people on the internet who are like, yo, we want videos, bro. And it's like, I got you. I'm going to make you happy. But like, are themselves fucking just going down in flames. Oh, yeah. And I so, see that happening way too much lately. And it's, I'm like, IRL in particular. Yes. I, I, IRL is such a f fucking drama fest, seemingly all the time. And I just use it to sit in my chair and drink coffee. But and you are, nothing. you, my dear, are an aberration. You are like <laughs> a different level because you are, strangely enough, out of everyone I know, maybe one of the most put together people. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's true. But like a lot of other people, and this goes to all assets of internet influencer slash stardom slash whatever, a lot of people are doing it because like, they need someone to tell them that they're awesome. Like, let's be real. That's a lot well, of you, what this is. You've all, so, any, every one of us has some part in ourselves that sure. wants that, right? Because we wouldn't be in this business otherwise. Well, also, I think something that, that keeps happening as well is bigger streamers are asked like, oh, who's a streamer that, who's another streamer that you really admire? And it always comes down to, I really admire this streamer because they stream 16 hours a day, every day, they never stop <laughs> hustling. And then people hear that and they're like, fuck, I got to stream 16 hours a day every day. And it's like, you don't, you don't have to do that. Like no. take care of yourself, spend time with your family, eat a meal once, like, <laughs> come on. It's just, yeah, Jesse's right. A lot of, a lot of the streamers that we know don't take very good care of themselves. And it's kind of sad. It drives me crazy. To, and then game companies see that cycle and they feed into it now. Cause they're like, well, now I got to like, and it just keeps perpetuating over and over again and watching it happen get worse and worse over the course of this year is just like holy fuck how how do we even get here and be, of course because there's a crazy phenomenon of like as winter sets in people start to get a little depressed that's just like a natural thing you start to see your friends get really down and you're just like mm. yo take a week off for yourself but then you realize that and this is something that I know is the case for a lot of streamers, probably even you, Dodger, which is like, you take a week off, you're losing subs. And oh, then yeah. you start over I, again. I lose and hundreds then of subs if I take a week off. <laughs> yeah. And then you're like, okay, well, I took a week off for me. I come back. I've lost all these subs. Now the stress is on even higher to get them all back. And mm. so it's like, I don't even know how. I don't know how. Mm. You solve that, but it's fucked up. Well, and it it must yeah. affect so, your quality go, too, yeah, right? Yeah. Like if you're not getting sleep and you're just like on twenty four seven, like you can't be funny, you can't be like reactive, you can't really be like really even like yourself. You know, you're just a sort of mm -hmm. tired, exhausted, like mentally exhausted version of yourself, where you're just responding to things. You know? Yeah, I mean, you read um, the lyrics again. Another great example because how large his channel is, um, where you know he did have to take. Uh, some days off because he was just it was too much like he was yeah. completely fucking overwhelmed he, and he had people yelling at him for daring to do that um it's uh, obviously the desire for success on twitch has got to the point where some people do go completely overboard and weirdly there was something of a barrier there before irl came in mm. there was something that said this is a website for streaming video game stuff. And if you're not doing video game stuff, you should probably be like somewhere else and maybe <laughs> bring sleep or well, yeah, maybe bring <laughs> down that wall 
might have actually been a bad idea because people now realize, oh, well, that I was playing my video games and then the time I was going to take myself, but I could monetize that. I felt myself feeling that way sometimes. I'm like, oh, I, this thing that I just did in real life, I could have filmed that. I could have been like, making money. That's... <laughs> It becomes a like horribly toxic thing that tries to creep into your life. And when you let people into that level, people don't stop pushing. They want more you know, and more. Yeah. You and what you got, beef? Not a person. You're a commodity to them at yeah. that point. What you got, beef? And, and, you know, it's not even a greed thing, but, like, if you're playing games and you're streaming and you get that, like, that sub notification, that bit notification or whatever, it's a positive feedback loop for you, too. You feel like, hey, I did something good here, you know, and it like it's like I want to stream more and more and more. It's a, it's definitely fun to do. And then you get that, like, sort of dream of, like, wait, maybe if I get just enough subscribers, I could do this for a living. and I'll be playing new games and I'll be getting the context, going to the cons and live that ho nerd Hollywood life, you know. So you enter into that and it's not like because you're greedy and you want money. It's not because like whatever, but it's like you work and work and work and you think like I'm having fun. I'm playing games. I'm getting uh, more of that positive qualitative feedback and more of the bits and everything. And then like you burn out at some point and then you leave and all your subs go away. Yeah. I've the for the last like year or year and a half, I've tried to be really, really strict with myself. Like, this is when I stream. If I go over, it's because I'm having a great time, but I won't stream like for an amount of time that doesn't make any sense, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and it's it's mentally been really, really good for me. But I, because I'm streaming for such shorter periods of time compared to a lot of my peers, I have a lot of moments where I'm going, maybe I should change up my schedule and be streaming more. But, you know, like... I, ha I have to keep reminding myself like no i'm in a good place right now you know i don't grow the super fast i like for the most part stay in the same place sub wise like when i go spend time with family i lose a bunch and then i slowly gain them back and then i'll lose them again and slowly gain them there back. is that, like, I'm in that a cycle good place i'm okay i'm okay right here and i feel good so like <laughs> you know don't obsess too much over the numbers it yeah it's, yeah. um, you know, before Twitch even showed up and before subscriptions were even a thing, for YouTube, for all of us, it was like, oh, well, if we take two weeks off, like, the impact on our channel's going to be far-ranging for months. You know, we're going to see SEO drop. I mean, I, I've, I saw it over November. Like, I took those three weeks to go to the West Coast. I put out basically nothing on my channel. When I started putting stuff out on the channel again, I'm getting people saying, not hitting sub box. Or it's not hitting as many related things because that's right. YouTube in a nutshell. They reward active channels and they punish ones that aren't. Yep. So yeah, you know, took took a real financial hit there. Jesse's been doing so much research into that stuff and talking with right. him. I was just like, I literally. So I I man, three months ago had a meeting with a person. It was like, tell me everything you can tell me. She's like, what if I put together a, a like a a big presentation for you and show you stuff. And I was like, cool, great. I went through that shit with a fine tooth comb and was just like, this is fucked up. There's a lot of stuff there that like, if you um, have a video that you put out, that's roughly the same title. So like fan Friday, for instance, every Friday, and then you put it out on a Saturday, you've already, you, you lose like, if let's call them points, you lose points immediately. Mm -hmm. And then if you move it back to Friday, you lose more points the next week. 
because you've changed it again. Like, it's crazy. So every You'll notice just numbers dropping dramatically, and a lot of it lately has to do with a lot of, like, algorithm stuff and things. So I understand why people are terrified of that and why they jump to Twitch, because Twitch, at least you, like, can see what the hell is going on. Mm-hmm. The problem is because it's so readable and so visible, you think, like, oh, I have some control over this if only I work hard enough. So now you're caught up in another cycle of bullshit, which is like, it's on me. I'm the one who can make this work if I just keep going. You know what? Crazy. You know what I wonder? I wonder if there is going to be a point where Twitch, out of protecting themselves from a liability sake, is going to put a cap on how much you can stream in like a period. Like if, you know, more like new stuff comes out. If people like keep passing out on stream and stuff like that. Yeah. Just to like avoid potential for lawsuits and things like that. Right. Just to say, okay, and that's it. Like four is your max for the day or three. I wonder or what level of liability they really have in that respect. Probably not a huge amount with everyone being an independent contractor. Yeah. Mm. Hmm. It would be a difficult situation as well, because you know, what about channels that have more than one person that stream on them? What about channels yeah. that do a lot of reruns? Right, it's... where people like swap on yeah. and off. It's, yeah. Mm-hmm. Not not such an easy that. thing to do. But, you know, Twitch is not your employer. You know, like, unless you are directly working for Twitch. None of us work for Twitch. Right. We're all contractors. Mm-hmm. That's the reason we can do stuff for YouTube and Twitch. We're not employed by Twitch. But, uh, I mean, so- that, but even so, all it takes is something catastrophic to happen. Some family sues Twitch. They're, you know, they're owned by Amazon now, too. So there's PR involved. There's things sure. like that. Even if there's no merit to it, it's a PR thing. So it's not impossible. Yeah, I mean, that's really, what people like right to bear now, in mind, even if they're not responsible. It's the optics of it. It doesn't look good. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's they're still putting a lot of focus on like, OK, how do we cover our butts with music stuff? And, you know, things like that, where the, the big money lawyers might come after them. That's their focus right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, the, you know, they've got plenty of other issues like the way that rules are often inconsistently applied across different channels. The way that games can just be randomly banned for no reason with no appeal. You know, we talked about that in previous times with things like Yandere Simulator and other things like that. The inconsistency in that. The way the moderation team, the admin team actually works, which you know, there's a lot of misconceptions about that. And IRL bringing just untold, unholy amounts of trouble, you know, along oh to the side. Did you guys see, I only saw it because Dan uh, tweeted it nerd cubed but did you guys see that youtube is hiring like hundreds of moderators finally <laughs> fucking Actual finally human wow. what a concept <laughs> like, oh, amazing man if you'd done you that maybe two years ago <laughs> if you'd done i, I would have taken raptors i would have taken anything living Actual anything raptors. with opposable thumbs <laughs> raptors would do better than this bot yes <laughs> You know, after the sheer amount of damage that has been done for no reason, you know, we talk about this in some of our Skype groups on an everyday basis where we're trying to blindly diagnose what is wrong with a video or whatever. Um, for, you know, prime example, a few days ago, Force uploads some uh, video about Anthem, automatically flagged as not suitable for monetization. I'm like, Force, do me a favor. Like, just humor me. Put less caps in the title and see what happens. And of course, it was fine. 
Like, like you realize this is the bullshit that's currently going on with that. Um, there was that recent video that claimed to have recognized why exactly certain videos were getting flagged, but there wasn't any actual proof of that. Then YouTube removed that code from certain videos and people went crazy like, what are you trying to hide, YouTube? <laughs> uh, I mean, I would like... Oh my god. I mean, I'd like but transparency from either either of these companies right it. now. I think YouTube I is it. worse on the transparency side of things right now, but Jesus. Uh, you, you wonder why people push themselves to this level, because they're battling unseen forces that are actually keeping them away from success, which include having your videos demonetized for no appreciable reason, which mm. is a, you know, that is not a good thing when you're trying to run a business, that level of unpredictability. It's like, this was a thing that wasn't my fault. Or maybe it was, but I don't know. It's good for them, though, right? Because then, like, you don't get uh, these, like, sort of mega AAA people. You just get this constant in-and-out factory, and then you don't have to worry about any of the PR stuff. Just like, uh, here's a new video, here's a new video, here's a new viral thing, and I don't have to worry about the fallout from uh, anybody doing anything uncouth. I, I don't even know what their crazy curation bot is doing at the moment. I was. Well, it's, it's all like machine learning now, right? So it's like. I don't know what just... exactly it's learning. I mean, <laughs> I was going to say, it's definitely supposed to be learning something. Is it learning that it finds all caps annoying? Because mm -hmm. that's not particularly helpful. No. Us as creators. How many caps are we allowed? What ratio really of thing. caps is not okay? Suitable. <laughs> it's not like i mean the, the rules aren't even consistent you know, mm. I've, I've said this time and again we the people who are on managed partnerships are far more protected than the people who are on affiliate partnerships who are far more protected than the people who are no actual partnership with a mcn at all mm. and it, there's so much yeah. of this hidden shit and well, oh god and yeah this is this is this is why people overdo it because they are battling against just so yeah. many things that they can't they can't even determine what's wrong. They're just like, well, yeah. I just got to work harder then to overcome this, and then they yeah. burn the fuck out. No, absolutely, yeah. You have to do the shotgun approach, right? Where if you throw up a video, it gets demonetized. You just lost that until you've thrown up another one to replace it, and I then you got to produce that content, et cetera, et cetera. Speaking of which, I think I just had one demonetized now. Shit. <laughs> but like go going back to the idea of of moderators as well i mean you've seen what happens on twitch for example where because it's it's a person you have personal biases and so yeah, sure. they can determine what they feel is appropriate and what isn't and then that goes to the fact that you see people complaining mm -hmm. that you know famous streamer x not at all affected by something that nobody streamer Y was booted mm. off of Twitch for. Right. It's like, There's oh, inconsistency. Well, if that guy makes a shit ton of money, we're not going to really fuck with that guy. But like that happens all the time. Well, totally. yeah, it's, it's inconsistency and a lack of transparency, which then results in conspiracy theories, which results in a bunch of fucking drama, most of which is fucking made up. Yep. But because of the lack of transparency, how do you shut that down? How do you shut down those rumors that apparently cam girls have somehow taken over twitch have they mm -hmm. where yeah where That's i so don't dumb. know i don't know i i have no idea um also you i can, mean 
someone send me links. I'm that was, looking forward to it. Damn it, I that love was, to see yeah. those. Slowly, but I will form our own little website. Send us the links. <laughs> put all the links on there. We'll watch. We'll just have watch parties. You uh, let me know where these girls are at. I'd love to see that stuff. I do not see that. People are just like they they they're find everywhere. All the time. They're everywhere. They take up. <laughs> they're are everywhere. everywhere though. I mean, if they're just I in IRL, the last time that I honestly couldn't give a shit. A random stream and was like, oh, those are some. There's a there's a lot going on here. I, no. I, I don't when I when I browse through the list, I don't see those. I don't see those. I don't see those. No. I don't see those boobies. I gotta be honest. If you look hard enough, no matter where you go, you'll find find just like I mean I saw boobies. Like, yeah, okay. (laughs) All right, well, it's like I'm part of the IRL everywhere. Okay, fine. Honestly, that's what fucking IRL is for, as far as I'm concerned. Like Boots? IRL, well, Shit. that and fucking everything <laughs> else. I'm doing it wrong. <laughs> I don't. Does anyone even know what the IRL streaming category is actually for? Uh, it's for my wife who loves to stream but doesn't play video games. So she just points a camera at me to annoy me, and then she'll yeah. just randomly start streaming. I mean, isn't it? At that, it's at that point pretty much a. It's just a. Uh, it's a catch-all category, right, for anything totally. that's basically yeah, was- not gaming. It was like perfect for me because for so long I had been doing my my Saturday morning Duger thing. Where you start with the talking to the camera. And then where you it was like game. an yeah. hour where I just hung out with chat. Yeah. yeah. And they were like, I mean, you're not doing anything weird. So like, I guess, I guess it's okay. We're not going to mess with you. But once IRL came out, I actually had a category to put it under, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so I was like, oh, sick. That's awesome. Not foreseeing. <laughs> not foreseeing <laughs> what would happen. <laughs> but uh, yeah. I, I like the creative category a lot. I think that was a good move. Dude, like the stuff like favorite. art streams and things like that. Dude. Yeah. It, Almost which just so doesn't many pro- it's not promoted very well, is it? Creative streamers. I love them so much. <laughs> they, I, I never even see creative hit the top. Because uh, right now they're showing like the top 20 categories currently on Twitch. And I mean, it's creative is not even close. No. I mean, I just, I don't know if they just don't promote them properly or... Well, it's God, I keep scrolling. You know, I, I still I can't that, find them anywhere. Bloody hell! I think Twitch, you know, th- it's still this primarily is still a, a game site. This is still a byproduct of the fact that Twitch was built off of people who were coming here to watch games. Yeah, um, they're reverting awesome. back to the Justin model, like yeah. six or seven years after the Justin after Justin TV shut down. So you try totally. to bring the audience back, and <clears throat> they probably went somewhere else during um, that time. They made some they've made some good calls because like when creative was first made they were like oh you can put tags on your channel to say like you know oh I'm painting or I'm doing perlers or mm-hmm. whatever so that people can find like what type of creative thing they would want to watch a bit easier and then uh they came out with communities and then said okay well you can only choose one because everybody gets one community and tags aren't a thing anymore and creative was like, wait, but this is how like people were building mm. their viewerships, right? And now they've made it so that you can have three communities so that you can just treat communities like tags. It's really like I I think that they're they're <coughs> making some good calls in terms of how to bridge the gap and make it so that everybody on the platform gets the same sort of things. But I don't I honestly don't know if communities help much with any I don't think they've done anything. 
area I mean, I'm, I'm other gonna be than honest. creative. Like I don't search for anything by community. No, it's it's a, like it's another half baked feature, right? Like it's something they put in and then didn't in any way think it through. Yeah, I don't know. I use it for like um if I'm gonna have a stream. There there are some some communities that are that are used a lot. Like chill streams is a community that's used all the time. So if mm. I know that my stream is going to be super, if I'm doing like paint by numbers or some shit, I'm like, all right, I'm in the chill streams. Is, is there any way to even track who comes in via the community though? I don't, I think that whoever owns it, right? Because communities are still like made by someone. I think whoever owns it is the only person who can go like scrub through and be like, this I, is a chill. I mean, I- Shut it down. <laughs> I don't. I don't even know what functionality I've got. Because I mean, I own the co-optional community. Um, I go to my uh, dashboard and I can't even find where I'm even supposed to go to do anything with it, or even if there is anything I can do with it. That's. I don't know. It's mm. it's a bloody mess. It's. I don't know how we got here. We just we ended up here after Jesse gave some very good advice, which is don't fucking burn out on things. Yeah. Which is a very good, solid piece of advice that everybody, yes, everybody should take. We do need to take a break, though, and then we'll come back and maybe do some more gaming no, stuff. No, we have to keep streaming right now. <laughs> no. We are. People are we are. No, we're, do, we're doing the, this is the classic move, Slow Beef, is that even when you need to take a break, regardless of if it's going to be five minutes or an hour, you just put up a BRB screen. <laughs> and that way your stream never has to come down. <laughs> oh, dear. We're going to take a break to hear from our wonderful sponsor, Squarespace. Head to squarespace.com slash co-optional for 10% of your first order and a free trial. We'll be right back after the break, possibly video game talk, but I have no guarantees of that. None whatsoever, especially not with this lot. We'll be right back. It's 2017, and the worst year in human history has finally come to an end. 52 weeks of utter misery that we will never forget. Horrific events such as the invasion of Finland by the cult of Azathoth, the complete destruction of the West Indies as it was swallowed up by a larger-than-average whale, and the devastation wrought upon untold millions of Americans by the release of Fergie's single MILF. It has been a truly awful year for humankind, but there is one thing that stands head and shoulders above everything else as a true disaster, the memory of which will live on forever. Yes, I am talking about your terrible website. Your terrible website is responsible for every failure that you have experienced in your life. It is responsible for crushing your hopes, dreams and aspirations. After just one viewing of your terrible website, seabirds give up flight plummeting to their deaths in the icy waters below. Just the knowledge that your terrible website exists has created untold numbers of doomsday cults all over the globe. The sweet embrace of death's eternal slumber is not enough to escape your terrible website. It transcends space and time. It is the Alpha and the Omega. It may have existed before the universe began. It may be the reason that it ends. However, we are now in 2017. And this is a year of fresh starts, a year of new beginnings, a year of hope in which literally anybody, no matter how seemingly incompetent, unqualified and totally unsuited to the job, can rise to greatness. Cast off the shackles of your terrible website and forge a legacy anew with squarespace.com slash cooptional. 
Squarespace lets you create a website for whatever you'd like. Are you a small businessman? That's only because of your terrible website. With squarespace.com slash cooptional, you can become a huge businessman in an incomprehensibly small amount of time. Simple to use, but with powerful results, Squarespace can create your professional-looking, easy-to-browse website that's compatible with practically any device imaginable. Do you want to showcase your artistic vision? Do it with a website on Squarespace. Do you have a fantastic product that you'd like to sell to the world? Squarespace's e-commerce tools provide secure, powerful functionality with no experience required. You can even get 10% off your first order at squarespace.com slash cooptional. Stand out from the crowd with a domain name from Squarespace. It's like installing yourself as the God-appointed dictator of your very own country, only without the pesky invasions and basic human rights requirements. 2016 was terrible, and it was all your fault. Make 2017 better by creating your new, cleaner, faster website on squarespace.com slash cooptional. Break the infinite cycle of soul-crushing despair that makes the heat death of the universe sound like a sexy party and set up your much better website today. Make your next move with Squarespace. Or you can accept the apocalyptic embrace of Azathoth. Finland has. It can't be all that bad. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Co-Optional Podcast, the sounds of Miracle of Sound with Khajiit Like to Sneak and Austin Wintery's Banner Saga, strewn yep. across a bridge, a damn good game. Waiting on the third one. Want to see what the end of that story is, because damn was there a cliffhanger at the end of the second one. But there you go. <laughs> also, depending on what characters lived. True. Yes. Very true. All right. Back to video games. Has anyone else sort of been in the end of year funk where we know there's probably a shit ton of things we should have got around to playing and didn't, but instead of doing that, we go and play a bunch of old shit instead from years ago? <laughs> That's uh, me all year. I, I, I've been dying to play Runer, but instead I got a uh, gift card to my local game shop and I just picked up a bunch of bargain bin PS2 <laughs> stuff. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm gonna stream through that. And it's like, what about Runer though? You're looking forward to that all year, and you never played it. Yo, I finally, yeah, I was finally convinced to play that by TB, and it's so fun. I still haven't sat down to beat it though. Again, did you play the update to earlier yeah. in this podcast? And I was like, <laughs> I never fucking finish things. Yeah. Um, that game's great. It's super cool. the The music is great. The play style is awesome. They oh, got yeah. a pretty significant update for that past couple of weeks called the savage update oh, might no, be worth a look yeah. <laughs> that sounds like a harder difficulty no thank you possibly i'm not saying it's not oh all right i gotta i gotta get on that then what are you looking for jesse i i, I just want to show you the examples of how bad i am at this um i not only have an entire drawer full of games over here that i'm like i'll get to those i will i know i will but then I, <laughs> you can see Ignore Kristen for a minute. Over there on a chair is literally about another 20 games that I'm like, I'm going to do those. I'm going to do those. I will. <laughs> I, I'm, I have so much. Meanwhile, I'm like, episode 16 of South Park. <laughs> Fuck me. I can't. I just can't. I, mean, I just. I just have, I, you not, have you not finished that yet? No. No, because I also was doing Star Wars and uh a scary game squad like literally because welcome to youtube where you're trying to balance not flooding your channel with <laughs> content coming out of what a shit show what a shit show 
of a platform. I could do it all on stream, but then I'd have to literally work 29 hours a day. I can't have, I'm just going to fucking, I'm going to go oh, into um, the sea and let the ocean, I'm going to let the tide take me out. Take you and out. Just, yeah. Just, uh, you know, I, I feel like, I feel like you're one step away from, uh, you know those those shows that spotlight people who just live in caravans, like in the middle of the woods. I feel like one day we'll all be like, "What happened to Jesse?" And you'll just be like, "I live with chickens now. This oh. is my caravan. I built it you'll from scratch." No internet. Get with me through letter. I'll, I will. I will. All technology will be gone. I'll be like <laughs> one of those guys. I'll be in Alaska. I'll be in Alaska up in the far. An Alaska north. bush person. Oh, oh shit! With like Inuit tribe, and I will just be like, "This is my wife." <laughs> and I'll, I'll have a like a lovely lovely inuit bride and we'll have a bunch of kids and we'll have sled dogs and i will not have i will i will hunt and i this is not gonna happen i'd be no, like Can you no hunt? i don't want to do that happening. that sounds like a lot of work yeah no that would never happen God, I, uh, what's the like what's the yeah. avocado toast version of that future <laughs> <laughs> what's the version of that where like stuff is done for me Right. Like, you, well, you just need you just need to find like one of those uh, communities where the women are the hunters, and you get to stay home and take care of the kids. Yeah. And, what if like Amazons yeah. could kidnap me? What? what yeah. What that? Where's that? Yeah, where, where are those Amazons <laughs> at nowadays? <laughs> I, I think about that a lot for some reason. Yeah. Where are the Amazons? Why aren't they kidnapping me? Yeah. I'm yeah. getting really wistful and sad now. So there's a bunch of stuff probably should have played, didn't get around to it. Like <laughs> reinstalled back on topic. Reinstalled a bunch of stuff Sorry. and did I load it now? It's like reinstalled near Automata. Like, oh god, why have I not played way, 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 way more of this? Like, I just haven't. And, and like I sat down yesterday, like, right, gotta play near Automata. I played Supreme Commander instead. Like the game's <laughs> like ten years idiot. old. I don't know. I just felt like it. And I loaded Civ 6 because I wanted to see what other like civilizations they'd added. So I messed around with that a little bit. And then Civ so 6 is still great. It's still great and only gets better with every release. It's frustrating. Uh, well, I'm, I'm waiting for the expansion what? now. I don't want to play it until the expansion comes out because you know how that shit gets. It's like, oh, sure. with Civ, it's always a big improvement on the expansion. Massive. Also, also just point of order, Brazil kind of shitheads in, in Civ. Like, out of nowhere, the Empire of Brazil, kind of assholes. All right, that's all I want to really say. Really good at football, though. Uh, C, football. <laughs> football. Football. Um, I played the new uh, Harvest Moon game. Yeah, it looks Harvest awful. Moon Light of Hope. The one that, the one that uh, looks, we were looking at. Please tell me it plays better than it looks. Like. We were like, this looks like a mobile game. <laughs> yeah, it looks like absolute crap. Uh, please tell me it plays better than what it looks like. Uh, it's, it's kind of garbage. I was, I was trying to figure out what about it specifically, cause I went into it knowing what it was going to look like. Right. So that wasn't a shock for me. It wasn't me being like, wow, these graphics are just not up to par because I was going in realizing like, okay, this looks like a mobile game. When you first boot it up, it says, uh, click or tap to begin. And I was like, <laughs> oh, that's a great stop. <laughs> but it turns out the, the the tapping feature is meant for the switch. So I was like, okay, I guess that's I guess that's acceptable. That's fine. So um I'm playing it and it's just a very, very convoluted game. And really like every every Natsume um Harvest Moon game. 
that has come out since the original like Harvest Moon team just pieced the fuck out and started making other games has been so like they've really lost what makes Harvest Moon really fun, I think. Um, I spent, I want to say, uh, chat can back me up. I want to say I spent like an hour trying to desperately to figure out how to get a fishing pole. Because in the game, very early on, they're like, oh man, we need this thing. But apparently it's at the bottom of, of like one of the lakes. I bet you could fish it up. And I was like, cool. Obviously I will get a fishing pole now. I was going all over this town, like trying desperately because it's it's one of those harvest moons where it's, oh, the town is deserted and you have to like fix stuff. Um, I have to like, like collect wood and stone and stuff to rebuild buildings, but I have to also pay in order to fix the building. And I'm like, who am I paying? Who the fuck is taking this money from me? I'm all on my own on this goddamn island trying to fix this shit so that people will move in. Who am I paying right now? Who's taking who's taking my hard-earned dollars? As there usual, Tom Dock's behind everything. Yeah. So just like progression in it isn't it like in pretty much every other Harvest Moon game that I've played, or or really any other uh game that's that is similar to Harvest Moon, the the very um bare bones tools that you get is on a linear path, right? Even if there are a few days in between, eventually you'll hit a point where it's like, oh, you've met this character and they will give you this thing, right? But in this one, it's all determined by what buildings you've built. So if I, if there's a building that I just haven't built yet, I won't get that tool. And so I get very frustrated thinking to myself, like I can't progress the story. So I'm just wasting this entire month, like making, the vegetables and running out of money because I don't have anything because like, I just don't, I just don't know what I'm supposed to be doing right now. You know, this doesn't sound the sound remotely enjoyable. Yeah. It's, it's a very frustrating harvest moon, I think. And like uh, the sound design in this game is really bizarre. Everything has a um, kind of tinny, like stock sound feel to it so every time every time that i needed to water my plants i was like i'm so sorry chat we're watering now because it was like psh, 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 oh god psh, <laughs> like the most obnoxious watering sound that they could find when you like spread your seeds it just sounds like maracas <laughs> like it's just really i mean I know that's a problem that i frequently have um so just overall yeah like like we had fun because it was on stream and i gave everybody stupid voices and stuff but um but just like playing it in comparison to to really good um wow i spit everywhere <laughs> to like really good harvest moon games and also oh, games like Star <laughs> and also games like stardew valley that uh, you know, were inspired by the Harvest Moon format, but tried to build off of it. It's like, God, this just does not live up to this any. Like, you, no. they need to try a lot harder. Um, but the the original Harvest Moon team is still making games that are like that. So, Story of Seasons or whatever it was yeah. called, was it? Yeah. And it has really good reviews. I've just never played it, so I really should because yeah, maybe don't it's... waste any more time with this one because it sounds like absolute don't shit. waste time on this guy. Look, I played it, so you don't have to. You're welcome. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> There's something that we both played a little bit of because it just came out today and I was completely unaware that Frozen Byte were making another game. Yeah, I had no nine idea. Parchments. Nine parchments, yeah. 
And so, I mean, I haven't played much of it. Only a little bit of the first level, I've got to admit. But it was intriguing when I read the description. I'm like, oh, this sounds like it could be interesting. This sounds a bit like Magicka, even yeah. though it's not made. It's actually a lot like Magicka, despite not be in any way being the Magicka devs. Yeah. Like, it, and yeah, people it's... frequently get uh, get uh, all mistaken between the Frozen Bike Trying guys and the Magicka dudes. It's not the same guys. Mm -mm. Um, this game was they actually a, announced they have a year the same ago. Same kind of like mystical feel to their games, but Trine, yeah, the the Trine games have a bit more detail to their art and stuff. Um, yeah, it it's very much Magicka. Like if I I was I was playing as there are two characters that you get that you can start with. And, there's a lot uh, more you can unlock. Yeah, there's I was a disappointed ton more that, that you the fucking robotic yeah. owl magician was not unlocked from the start. Like, that was a yeah, massive so letdown, really. <laughs> I I'm apparently on the path to unlock the cat wizard, and I want it so bad. But um, yeah, there there are things like there's apparently friendly fire again. Yes, both TV there and is. I only play single player, so we haven't experienced that. And the but game is clearly designed for co-op. Yeah, mm -hmm. but something something that's along those lines that did keep happening is uh, you start with like three different magic abilities, and one of them is healing. And I put down like a healing aura, and one of the monsters just stood in the healing aura and healed. And I was like, <laughs> "What the fuck?" <laughs> That's not for you. Yeah, my, my wizard doesn't actually have that. Uh, my wizard has different spells to that. I got fireball, a ice laser thing, and mm. this big skull that you throw on the ground, which is like a curse AOE oh, cool. that people run into. So every wizard has different spells, <laughs> different skill trees. You can collect staffs and different hats, which mm -hmm. apparently up upgrade things. It's a lot. It's a lot less complex than Magicka. Like the whole Magicka system of combining elements isn't here. But yeah. if you shoot beams, let's say you're playing with three people and two people combine their beams together, they combine together in exactly the same way Magicka did. Like that's a very mm -hmm. clear inspiration. Um, yeah, you you can also if if an enemy is shooting a beam at you and you shoot shoot your beam back Dragon Ball style, it'll redirect their beam. Mm -hmm. So if you're if you're good at angles and shit. You can be like, oh man, I'm gonna redirect their beam so that it's hitting like one of the other monsters and stuff yeah. like that, which is really cool. It looks like potentially you get four people in on this and it becomes a chaotic magical like clusterfuck, which is probably where it's best. Like on yes, its on its own. Yeah. On yes. its own, it is meh. You know, decidedly meh. But with four people or with the right kind of group, yeah, I could see this being pretty damn entertaining. The try narrator mm -hmm. is in there as well that's always good uh it does look good it looks a lot more polished than their last game which was has been heroes which was very clearly rushed i actually liked mm -hmm. that game a lot but holy fuck was it a rushed game yeah um so yeah i'll play it with people and see what it feels like there i wouldn't recommend it as a single player game but with it you know get a group together it'd probably be pretty enjoyable it's also available on switch which you know is a selling point for a lot of people Man, Magicka on Switch. That would never work. <laughs> fuck. Can imagine that being a clusterfuck. But to be fair, that's the only way that, that game's fun anyway, so... Yeah, so that, that popped out today out of pretty much nowhere, and there's a game that's been in dev for fucking forever, at least it appears to have been, and finally is releasing this week, but I think it's releasing into early access, despite the fact that they've been working on it forever, and that's Riot Civil Unrest. 
I think. Oh, I heard about this. Yeah, it's. We probably checked the trailer out at least a year ago. Uh, because the trailer was very impressive in terms of its aesthetic. Had this really awesome pixel art style to it. Oh, that does look cool. Whoa, this trailer's Whoa. great. Yeah, we're, we're, I'm almost certain we have... Oh, God, the official trailer came out in 2015. Um, yeah, this is this is why this has been dragging on for so fucking long. This looks so overwhelming. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, well, it, I played a bit of the gameplay, and that's exactly what it is. Uh, yeah. It is unbelievably overwhelming. You either play the rioters or the police, and you're given mission objectives such as You've got to break through to this area. You've got to destroy all the tents in this amount of time. And the rioters and the police play completely differently. Mm. But while the police make a decent degree of sense as to how they play, I couldn't figure out the rioters at all. The game has no tutorial at all yet. It's got a wiki, or an in-game wiki, which is missing information. There's again, which is why I suppose this is early access. Um, and controlling the riot, as it were, is probably supposed to be very difficult. But it, I, I felt like I wasn't able to do anything, really. It was just sort of a mass of people. Mm. So it's supposed to be a real-time strategy. Maybe is that the kind of thing where if it's like head-to-head, uh, -head, like the police are more like organized, but there's like far fewer of them, and then the riot's like harder to control, et cetera, maybe? Yeah, there's quite a bit of that to it. It's just... Like, the controlling the riot in any way seems to be incredibly hard to do. Um, there's a lot of panic and morale stuff that goes on with that, less with the police. The police are easier to control. They only tend to run off and break formation when you tell them to arrest people because they're chasing people around. Otherwise, you can put them in formations and tell them to do stuff. Uh, you've got to try and resolve the situation as peacefully as possible. Otherwise, you get a penalty on your next mission because the media doesn't like what you did. And that's on mm -hmm. both sides. If you violate on, on either side, you get that. And you can unlock different items and equip <clears throat> police squads in different ways. It seems interesting enough. It's just the actual gameplay aspect is just horrifically confusing. Oof. It doesn't help that it doesn't have a proper tutorial. I might... Yeah, I might not have the patience, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't blame you. The, the art style, though, and the cutscenes look fucking great. And they're They've taken a risk with it. You know, they've based a lot of it on real riots. Like, there's a mission chain, yeah. which is literally the Arab Spring. I'm like, okay. It seems pretty well handled, from what I can tell, from what I've played. Um, but the actual, like I say, the gameplay itself seems like it needs a lot of refinement. From what I've played of it up to this point. Yeah, I, I, I had heard that, yeah. Everything is based on, like, real kind of, um, I guess, like, civil unrest events. And yes, things like it that. was, yeah. yeah. Which, you know, may may raise some ire, but it's an interesting bit of subject matter. Mm -hmm. It's just I'm, I'm really more interested in seeing those cutscenes than I actually am of playing it. Because like I said, it's very, um, especially as the ride, it's a very sort of herding cats scenario. Mm -hmm. And I found that in general frustrating. It's like, I just want you to do a thing. It's like, I'm not going to do the thing. It may just be because the, it's lax tutorial. It's entirely possible. I'm just not playing it right. Have you tried being the riders while listening to Rage Against the Machine? It might change the way you play the game. <laughs> That's kind of a buff. I heard they were nerfing that. Yeah, it's it, OP. It will only make it easier. It would only make it easier to tear down the system, man. Just <laughs> rage and you'll be fine. Lights out, Guerrilla Radio, turn that shit up, etc. Yes. It 
it's actually got some pretty cool music in it, surprisingly. Uh, which is neat. And aesthetically, it's fucking awesome. But it comes down to what you like. You know, a lot of people are like, eh, pixel art, eh. <laughs> pixel art, in this case, is a great way to represent literally thousands of characters on screen. It's a mm -hmm. very Without good way of breaking. doing it, actually. Yeah. yeah. And the cutscenes look great. They're very well lit, in particular. Um, but I know some people are not really into that. Hmm. I mean, I think it's like anything, right? Like, yeah, there's some pretty bad pixel art out there, and sometimes there's a lot it of is bad like stuff, that. Yeah. yeah, but like uh, when it's done really well and really nicely, you know, it has that like kind of crisp feel to it. Yeah, beautiful. And ultimately, beautiful riot. It's supposed to be a mess. It's a riot. That's mm -hmm. you know that's why I think that pixel art choice actually works. God, babe. Yeah. Fuck. The first trailer flight came out in 2013. That's it's the most beautiful riot I've ever seen. I never thought I'd be saying that here, but yeah, there you go. <laughs> I think of what like what else I played. I, I dipped briefly back into Elder Scrolls, the card game, for whatever reason, just because I I ran out of good things to play on my iPad. <laughs> so I'm like, that's, that's hardly sure. an endorsement. Like Why I not? ran out of good things though. I mean, kind of. I just wanted something to play on my iPad. I'm like, <laughs> oh yeah, Elder Scrolls Legends was okay, I suppose. And I'm just kind of playing through the campaign for it right now. I'm like, okay, it's all right. I guess. Hmm. I never really got into card games so much, you know. Um, I know we played, uh, what was it, Dominion that one time, but I was like, I was no good at it or anything, so. It takes a bit of practice to get into deck builders. At least you don't have to buy a lot of card packs. I know, I'm staring mm -hmm. down the barrel of this new Hearthstone expansion, and I'm thinking, I have not bought the last three fucking expansions I'm probably going to have to buy, if I actually want to get the stuff, I'm probably going to have to spend $1,000 on fucking virtual cards. Like, mm. ah. I don't feel uh, like it. I really don't feel like it. Forgive me if this has been brought up before, but, like, I know a bunch of my friends are into Eternal now. Like, uh, Ty, who I think has been on the podcast, too. Yeah, he was yeah, yeah, I had him on the show. He streams it a lot and stuff. That's supposed to be really good, but... I think there are plenty of better card games than Hearthstone. Mm -hmm. It's just a case of do I really want to start another one, you know? Right. Eternal, actually, I, mean, I think... If, if they're different enough, I think it's worth it. Yeah. I mean, screenshots-wise, Eternal looks very similar to Hearthstone, but I admit to having not played it. So. I don't really know. Anyone I, played I, anything I else this week? I heard from a good source that Eternal is magic, so gold. <laughs> what? That's... That's how. That's from my friend Capjack in chat. What's going on, buddy? I, I, I don't know who that is. It's more like Magic the Gathering. Okay. Capjack. Yeah, Capjack. Yeah, buddy. Anyone else got anything else I've been playing this week? Please say yes. I uh, got uh, one. Yeah, go for it. All right. Um, there's another shoot 'em up indie style, which I know y'all love, but uh, it's called Super Hydra. Uh, it's made by two guys in Spain. Um, this guy, Loco Molito, he makes like a lot of indie games himself. But this is on Steam and Xbox One. Um, it's kind of like a love letter to like Gradius, Darius, all those old games. But like the level of detail in it is really awesome. So did you ever see like now they'll do CRT effects on games where they'll yes. do like the scan yeah. line thing? What the, what the guy did who made this was each individual sprite in the CRT filter has its own verticality to it, like how the glow would look on pixels. So he hand drew pixels around each scan line and then recoded the uh, shader to actually incorporate that when you Fuck play. Me. Okay. If you, <laughs> if, if you stream it, it like uh, it doesn't look great when you stream it because of the compression and stuff. But when you play it on your own monitor, it's like this beautiful effect. But uh, 
it's just like a really cool exploration kind of thing. There's like a lot of different fun environments and stuff like that. Again, my jam. So I, I love Super Hydra and I'll, uh, I'll talk it up constantly. Well, not constantly. I'll stop now because that's all I have to say for it. That's fair. I will never <laughs> stop talking about this game. Mm -hmm. It's never gonna happen. You know, I, you did get me playing Crimson Clover at one point. I'll give you that. Your shmup obsession did rub off on me a little bit. That is Bullet a hell of a game. Bullet Hell stuff just relaxes me. As like weird as it's because like there's like so much going on, you can't really process it. You just kind of have to zone out and like just let yourself dodge. It's like this crazy like Matrix kind of thing. I just I really enjoy it a lot. But that's just me. I don't think it's just you. There's a lot no, of people that no, do like it for that very reason. You know, it, yeah, sure. I, I can see well, that, you know, getting into that. It's like getting into the shooter trance, you know, with an FPS, a really good FPS where you get into that rhythm and you're mm -hmm. not really thinking anymore. You're just doing. Yeah. And plus, like, it, it, their game's built around making you look good, which I need a lot of help with. So I really appreciate what they do with the hitboxes and the auras and everything, you know. It just looks like, oh, my God, how is he doing all this? And it's like, oh, there's old tricks, you know, that kind of thing. So it's a fun yeah. genre. But Super Hydra is really good. Uh, I can't remember how much it is off the top of my head. I should look it up. But uh, I think it's only, like, 10, maybe. Mm -hmm. It's super hard to spell, too. But um, it's like H Y D O R A H. Yeah, twelve dollars, eleven ninety nine. I feel there like there's an aesthetic that you're super into. Yeah, there is a like, theme. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> All right, what else you got then? You Good question. I uh, go ahead. What you got? I I was literally just gonna say that I've still been playing Battleship Brigade. That game is longer than I thought it was going to be. Battleship Brigade. Yeah. Yeah, um, I have just the last chapter to do, I think. Um, yeah, when I thought that I was, I, when I thought it was the end of the game, it was not the end of the game. And I still had like a couple chapters left of the thing. So I was like, oh, this is longer than I expected. A pleasant um, surprise, right? A great game, though. Hmm? A pleasant surprise. Yeah, absolutely. Because that game is super fun. I still haven't done any of the like, um daily challenges or anything like that though so i'm not sure i'm still not sure what those are like it's the right. replay it's the only replayability the game really has honestly so right. they're challenging the thing is you can actually play different characters in that i don't know how many exactly but because i didn't get as far in the game as you did maybe you unlock them as you play but i did a daily challenge and it's like you can play the main character or you can play the kind of orky guy you oh know, the thrash yeah, you can play him. The and best he, character he actually has in different the abilities. game. <laughs> and he has different abilities and stuff. So I don't know if there are more that you can unlock, which would give a little bit more flavor and replayability. Um, it actually, when I found that out, I'm like, oh, it's kind of a shame then that I guess the main character can't use weapons other than those knives then, because you clearly have different attacks and weapons in the game. You just didn't yeah. give them to the main character. Um. Yeah, can I can I spoiler finger a thing? Do you mind? Uh, yes. Uh, is it a um, is it mechanic or a, it, uh, a story bit? It's, is it something that you don't want spoiled for yourself? I actually don't really care. I'm just oh. frantically looking for my spoiler like, overlay like and realizing story... I don't actually have it in. Oh, there it is. Okay, it's I not think really I a storyline thing, but it's. Uh, Do it. Spo spoiler Throw caution okay. to the wind. Go for it. Spoiler alert is up. It's over now. Great. Okay. So, um, yeah, there's an entire chapter that you get to play as Thrash, where they like teach you how ah, to use all of his abilities right. and stuff. 
Um, I don't know if there's another chapter where you would get to play as another character. Mm. Uh, if like the last chapter you play as somebody else also, but if you do, then then I would assume you would be able to play as them in some of the challenges. I don't know, but I I am assuming that the reason why you can play as Thrash in the daily challenges is it's because of that. you can play as him in one of the chapters of the story. Yeah, it makes sense. Fair enough. <laughs> Still needs that damn chef multiplayer chef battle mode. It's got to happen at some yeah, point. Yeah, that's got to be on their docket, right? Yeah, maybe they just... I mean, they kickstarted this thing. It didn't have a huge amount of money. They ended up releasing it. Like as I pointed out in my video, it seemed like some of the art was unfinished. Like some of the backgrounds really seemed like they just went with what they had. Mm. But maybe it'll sell enough for them to be able to develop that. I don't know. It was probably a, this is going to cost too much. We can't do it situation. Right. Because it, it makes so much sense. I mean, even especially with the Switch release, you could just do split screen. But we'll see. Hopefully it does well. It's it's a fun, unique, interesting game. I like it. Mm-hmm. I like it too. Um, speaking of long and uh, pleasantly surprising games, mm-hmm. um, Dodger and I have been playing The Letter for maybe a thousand years. That is a long-ass game. I was going to say, I thought you finished this. we're still this, only God on knows. the first playthrough. Yeah. Um, the Letter is a horror visual novel that... Uh, Boy, do you get really in depth with like what these people are thinking about some ghosts trying to kill them. <laughs> they have a lot of thoughts on it. Yeah. Um most of the most of the critique about this game, like oh, nearly everybody that we've talked to has been like that game is great, the art's good, the like horror elements are good, but man, the pacing is so weird because every single person goes through these really long inner monologues where we're like, did we need <laughs> was that necessary now did we <laughs> do that now i feel like maybe just maybe because we're getting to know the characters so much that you're like less you don't want them to die as much so you're like maybe that's what it's supposed to do it's supposed to like really make you want to relate to them and be like i gotta keep this person alive it's just mm-hmm. that sometimes the things they say you're just like what the hell's the matter with you <laughs> like what are you thinking about because there's literally just like the last one we just played recently, one of the characters is like having this really deep discussion about how, like, inner monologue about how the guy at the bar that they're staying at temporarily to, like, they can't stay in any houses because a ghost is trying to kill them there. They've right. literally just been attacked by this terrible monster, and they're now at a bar. And the guy's like, This guy at the bar, he's a real friend. He's always been there for me. You know, one time, and it like it tells a story, <laughs> and it's like, you were literally just attacked by a ghost. Like, yeah. Ago, this is not what would be going on in your mind. You are. It's oh it's crazy. I love yeah. it. I think it's so ridiculous and fun. I really what a like bizarre it. game. Yeah, I think we're only going to be able to do one playthrough without going crazy. But yes. like, it's like like if you were on your own, sure, you could just be like, "Got it. I get it. <laughs> I get it. I get it." Right. But since we're streaming, we like take the time to listen to everything and read through everything. Um, but and it's been so long, man. Uh, but yeah, it it is it is like a a really interesting game for sure. Mostly because you can die, like and and you QTE to save your life, like it's yeah. crazy. 
We had we had a moment <laughs> that involved a book. And it might be my favorite moment in a video game this year. Like I literally thought I thought we were dead. Me too, we, were dude, we were like, no. And then the game mwah, made my life. It was oh, the it greatest really. moment in a video game I've ever played. Ever. Maybe ever. It was beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> I I was so surprised that a visual novel like made me actually give a shit for a moment. I was like, <gasps> it was great. Yeah. <laughs> I've been getting into visual novels lately. I never really played them as a genre until like uh, a couple of years ago, really. But um, do you have any that you are super into? Any that like touched your heart places? I don't know. Or your well, brain? <laughs> I really, I mean, I've just started. So like me and a bunch of friends like do a thing where we read through them. And it's like we went through Ever 17, uh, Hustle Cat, um, Analog, A Hate Story. Uh, and we're actually. We're actually doing Danganronpa V3 now and stuff. So, which I don't know if that counts or not. That's a little. Uh, there, there is a lot of gameplay in that game for it to be a yeah. visual novel. How but... terrible! What, what an awful, awful thing. Yeah, this is not nearly kinetic enough for me to. <laughs> yes, the kinetic I, I novel. I hate that term so very much. I don't believe in genres anymore. You know. Ah, uh, um, yes, of course. You know. No, I, I did. I used to have like a big distinction between like visual novel and adventure game, but I think like a lot of things blur that line. But um, I'm I'm definitely on the lookout for more uh, visual novel stuff. So the letter sounds really cool. Yeah, um, you should play. Just keep in mind, it is so fucking long. But like, right. the characters are are really fun, and the actual horror elements of the game they sneak up on you like i i honestly feel like the amount of downtime that the game gives you where you're just like i get it you have a lot of issues with your dad i get it i get it i get it then when the fucking ghost shows up you're like jesus christ like <laughs> also, also, we do a of the security constantly <laughs> yeah the way they tell the story is also you do it by character and mm. so what will happen is you'll go through one character's story and then um, they'll be like talking to someone and then the, the text will be like, the you know, this character looks over to your left and has a weird expression on their face, but then starts talking to you again. And then when you play as that character, you realize like, oh my God, that's when they saw the ghost. And the ghost they is like, the ghost for a second. The first character's shoulder like, what up, bitch? And you're like, oh, <laughs> and it changes everything. And you're just like, oh my God, it was there the entire time. Yeah. Oh, that shit's so cool. Yeah. It, they do a really good job. Um, also, even though I'm sure at this point everyone and their brother has said like, "Hey, play this," uh, you should definitely play Doki Doki Literature Club. You know what? I was going. I'm not even kidding. I was going through old co-optional podcast on YouTube just now, reading the description. Like, did they bring up Doki Doki Literature Club in the past couple of episodes? I got Jesse and I played it. Yeah, we, played we played all that. of it. We played the entire thing. We played all the way up until the end, didn't we, Jesse? Yes, and there's definitely not anything else. Yeah, there's nope. definitely not anything else that we could have and done. And if there is something to play, boy, oh boy, should you go out and get the free game yourself yeah, and play you know, it? it's weird. It's a free game. Yeah. yeah it's like, you guys almost showed us everything. You didn't beat it. And it's like, maybe we did that on purpose and you should go play the game yourself. It's a free game. Yeah, it's only a couple hours long. Don't even worry about it. You'll finish it quick, you know? Good um, stuff. A fun love story. Also, uh, another one that I will evangelize for until I fucking kick it 
is a Hotful Boyfriend. If you haven't played that, literally like play it through to the end because it turns into a crazy masterpiece by the I end still, of the game. I still haven't finished that one. Hotful Yo, I finish it. Finish it. There's going to be a point where you're like, what the fuck is going on? It's going to go from, ah, yes, I'm just dating all of these pigeons to, what? <laughs> it's going to be great. Especially with friends. You got to you gotta finish that game for me, please. Okay, for you. Got it. Cool. <laughs> cool. Visual novels are done. Great. Speaking of <laughs> weird free games, <laughs> we should probably actually hold on to that for the news segment in a couple of minutes. Yeah, let's just do that. Most All people right. have figured out what it is anyway. I mean, this news has been flying around everywhere, so it's fine. We can hold on to it. Anything else that people have been playing this week that they desperately would like to get off their chest before we go to a break? Um, I don't think oh. so. Um, I have one. Uh, I've been playing a little... I was playing a bit of A Robot Named Fight, which is another indie game where somebody tried to make their own sort of roguelike Super Metroid. But uh, it's got a cool body heart body horror aesthetic it's a little bit jank i'll be honest with some of the animations and stuff but it was fun and it's, one, it's another one of those cheaper kind of retro experiences that's procedurally generated i, I like those a lot i guess I, I guess i have a type but you know i thought i thought it was pretty cool you do and tend the, to bring those up quite a lot i'm sorry you do tend to bring them up quite a lot yeah well i you know i don't i don't like these like newfangled graphics that you need the cards for and everything so I'm playing it on my old, like, repurposed Apple IIe, so it helps out a lot. Anybody else? Or are we about wrapped up? It's one of the... It's weird. It's the end of the year, and there's so much stuff, and we're just avoiding all of it! For some yeah, reason. Yeah, fuck it. Yeah. It's like I really should be rushing through things that I've missed, and strangely enough, I don't feel like it. Oh yeah, I try. I tried a little bit of Seven. The days long gone. Ah, uh, nah, nah. <laughs> uh, way, way too buggy early on for me to bother with. It has been patched probably at least twice since launch. It is a weird. We're in the future, but we don't have technology for some reason. Kind of isometric, stealthy game with a fairly basic clicky combat system. Which sounded interesting because, like, oh, there's wide open levels and you've got all these different abilities and ways to sneak in and stuff. Stealth isn't really my thing to begin with, but I thought, hey, I'll give it a try. The sheer amount of bugs and just how stupid the AI was within the first 20 minutes were like, nah, no. I'll come back in six months when it's maybe fixed. But weirdly enough, most of the reviews didn't point that out. IGN savaged them for it. They spent half the review talking about how broken the AI was and how buggy the game was. Everyone else seemed to not have that problem. I had that problem, and it put me off. Like, I can't be bothered with this. I'll come back later. That was my impression of it. I think that's about it. I got nothing oh. else. Let's take a break. When we come back, news and what's left of the releases for this year. You might think we're out, but we're not, surprisingly. There's still more. <laughs> When we were doing, doing sound check, oh. uh, TV was like, surely this list is going to be short this week. Um, don't worry. It's just as filled with garbage as we can all testify from looking through these so far. <laughs> oh, God. We'll be right back after the break. Don't go anywhere. 
Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Co-Optional Podcast for the final 45 minutes or so of the show and getting right into a little bit of news for the end of the year. Some Christmas presents to begin with, some freebies, one of which is, well, the sequel to, well, sequel, 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 Five Nights at Freddy's 6, Oh, good. I can't wait to buy that for the no. whole thing. Am... Well, it's free, though. That's Here's the point. The it also is a game that, and I am no fan of Five Nights at Freddy's. I think they are trash. But mm. this one is a game that is not at all like the others in that it is a horror tycoon game. Mm, which... Are you sure about that? It is. It starts out, oh, it is like <laughs> genres, um, but incorporating the Five Nights at Freddy's, like it's weird, it's bizarre. It's 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 trying to be subversive, like one of those subversive, like it's not what you think. You're gonna start out playing one game, and it's gonna become another game, and then it's gonna become another game, like that kind of stuff. So, um, it's interesting. It's interesting that they try to do something different. I don't know if it's good different, but I like that it isn't just the same trash over and over again. Although, uh, I don't know. I Boy. That sounds like a good use of my time. <laughs> it, is, it is a good use of your time. There's a million other better games out there. God bless. Go play I Joker. Don't know. For... I don't know about that. So to explain briefly, Freddy Fazbear's Pizzeria Simulator came out on Steam. Some people assumed, oh, this is just some ripoff. Nope, by the guy, Scott Cawthon, who made them. And hidden inside of that is basically Five Nights at Freddy's 6. And it's free. All right. Can I tell you uh, my assessment of the Five Nights at Freddy's series prior to this one, which I yes. told you before? It's just pretty much like an agreement between him and like a bunch of their like AAA Let's Players to just basically write each other checks, more <laughs> or less. It's just, it's not a scam per se. It's just like a weird flat level pyramid scheme where it's like, I'll make it. You play it, and we both get rich, and everybody's happy. <laughs> I, um, yeah, I, look, I'm going to place the blame for the success of Five Nights at Freddy's squarely on the shoulders of MatPat, and that mm. he created the lore for this game where there was none. And he blew it up like it was fucking Dark Souls, where people are like, you just got to, like, look deep into it and there's stuff <sighs> there there's nothing fucking there it is <laughs> everyone's like don't you get it deep in the game is the subtext of what's happening no not until MatPat made the theories did suddenly stories start showing up into the game where it's mm. like don't you get it oh yeah no MatPat is to blame this is on you maddie it's on you you cause this to happen you piece of shit God damn it, Matt. God damn it, Matt. It is possible. No, not going to suggest otherwise. It's just a very odd thing to do, but the guy's sitting on a pile of money. So why not? Also, great way to spread the brand and continue to make more of the damn things when people were maybe forgetting that it existed for that brief, peaceful, wonderful that, moment. That brief, beautiful period in ah, 2017. Indeed. <laughs> nope. What was that? game with the monsters ah, no nope. I, I don't i don't remember <laughs> what was that game with the monsters it's like in space or something i game. think i don't know yeah, monster yeah. squad yeah the mm. game monster squad the game holy that's shit. the one that'd be, that'd be the greatest goddamn game <laughs> oh my god 
the other stuff guy from the 80s is really happy that i'm talking about monster squad mm. <laughs> for the stuff that may be slightly more appealing ubisoft is giving away a couple of games the one that's currently for free is world in conflict complete edition which is really fucking good oh cool so you might want to pick that up i would strongly recommend it really good real-time strategy and great story if you like the whole hey uh ussr is invading the us kind of storyline and you want to play a re rts that isn't about speed <laughs> for the most part <laughs> That scenario is so fantastic. Yes, that's never, it never been done. Oh, it's one of my favorite tropes. Mm -hmm. It's a fun yeah. one, though. Mm -hmm. And especially since Complete Edition also lets you play it from the Soviet side as well, which is kind of neat. Great. That's free, and I think it's next week they're giving away Assassin's Creed 4, as in the good one. So can't really complain about that. Which one is 4? Black Flag. <laughs> the good one. Black Flag. Yes. Either way, you do need Uplay. There's your downside. Like, ah, no, not anything but that. Yeah, you need Uplay for that. If you would like free stuff. And you're not averse to installing a program on your PC. As heretical as that sounds. Anything but that. Other interesting news. Fortnite players that were being sued by Epic for cheating and making videos about how to cheat, etc., etc. One of those two cases has been settled. I don't believe it is the one with the 14-year-old kid. Not yet, anyway. But that is... Wait, what's happening? Okay. I think... I'm not sure if we covered this last week or the week before. We did cover it, though. Um, So, a couple of people got in hot water with Epic for cheating in Fortnite, they got repeatedly right. banned over and over again. They published videos on how to do it and things like that. Uh, one of them, I think it was actually the 14-year-old kid that did this, got DMCA'd by Epic and then counterclaimed it. And Epic did right. the one thing that you you have to do after that, which is take them to court. So they said, well, okay, we're going to do that then. So one of them has been settled out of court, and I am strongly going to imagine that the other one will be as well, especially considering that they're 14 doesn't look great yeah well i mean like when you take a kid to court and it's not going to lead to prison time it's typically easy i mean it seems like it's typically easy to just settle it outside yes. of court because it's like what do you have oh nothing because you're a child yeah <laughs> so yeah but there was parents well, there was a lot of guffaw from uh, just a general drama from the parents. The mother wrote this pretty outrageous letter that claimed all sorts of things about Epic and that they'd broken the law by revealing the uh, name of a minor in legal documents, which, hmm. as it turns out, wasn't true because they had no idea what his age actually was at the time when they put the legal documents out there so apparently they didn't violate anything and also and the on, on the, legal documents you have to have the names right it's yeah. just whether or not it reaches the public mm -hmm. that's the problem well also the 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 mother also named the kid in the letter so that probably didn't help <laughs> but it's a bit I weird i can't believe that you outed my child lord fendelberry the third mm. in this case with epic Look, this Sorry, is, who? 
She Lord Fendelberry like, is kind of a dick, though. Lord, so. the Lord Fendelberry? The Lord Fendelberry. He was untouchable and he was not. Outrageous. <laughs> Fuck him and his family. The Fendelberries. Indeed. The Fendelberries. Well, the other person settled. I'm going to imagine there will be a settlement with the 14 year old as well. The settlement in question says well, you can't play our games, you can't cheat in our games. Under threat of five thousand dollar minimum penalty, if he ever does it again. Hmm. So that's basically all it is, which is unsurprising because it wasn't really going to go any further than that, was it? What else do you expect? So that's pretty much all cleaned up. Hmm. Overwatch announced that it would be releasing a metric fuck ton of skins for the Overwatch League. That's your home and away jerseys for all of the teams in the Overwatch League that you will be able to buy for a new currency called Tokens. As to how you acquire said tokens, Yay! they <laughs> didn't specifically say, but considering money is going directly to the teams from those tokens, I'm going to presume that you have to pay for them. But in a insane show of common sense, which doesn't apparently apply to the rest of the skins in the game, you could buy the one you want. Whoa. Whoa, what a concept. Incredible. Instead of randomly throwing money at loot boxes to maybe get the thing that you want, you could buy the exact skin that you want. And they're even going to give people a token to get their first one or whatever. There's some speculation that these tokens may also be given out for maybe watching a bunch of the Overwatch League on Twitch, etc., which would be a damn good way to improve the viewership, since outside of BlizzCon, the viewership has been pretty terrible for Overwatch tournaments. But the BlizzCon tournament might be indication that it's growing. And I think they're starting... They were planning on starting the preseason this week, I believe. Yo, but... Uh, Jesse was tweeting all kinds of interesting stuff about the Philly team. <laughs> the are, Philly, are they the, the one that have had to completely pull out of the preseason? Yeah. Yep. And was it just one of them that was like, hey, I quit high school for this. And Jesse was like, yeah, it was Why a the South fuck Korean are you guy. quitting high school for Overwatch? That's so... Um, <laughs> I mean, that's not that common in South Korea. Uh, not that uncommon in South Korea. People... I just think it's wrong. <laughs> well, yeah, it is. Um, people did that for League. They did it for StarCraft. They did it for StarCraft back in the day and for Brood War. The guy, the guy I, in question is South Korean, isn't he? Yeah. Um, yeah, he is. I can't I just, remember his name, but yeah, yeah, he's South Korean. Um, I think a lot of the uh, and I believe he the reason why they had to pull out is because he couldn't get here. There's something something wrong. There was a visa the, issue. Yeah, I know that. Uh -oh. Um, but the the thing that I the problem that I had because everyone's like, well, people are allowed to decide their own decisions and like choose what they want to do with their own lives, which is absolutely true. I feel like the league, however, should know when to say no to people. And choose people who they can like do this and not forego their. Few I just I feel like this. It's a league responsibility too. If you're gonna create a game where all the heroes are smart people to promote education and not be like, yeah, sure, this 16 year old kid can come play in our professional league for the chance mm -hmm. to make some money, and then if he doesn't, good luck, kid. Because we don't give a fuck anymore. We're on to the next person. Yeah. And that's how this league works so far, which is not cool. I, I don't know how you could feel good about that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. I agree, actually. It 
thing is, we, we've seen the results of it because esports has been around in Korea for a long time. And we've seen what happens when these players have to go to the military or mm. their hands are so fucked they can't play anymore. I mean, hell, you know, I had a guy on my team. Yes, he was way past the education, you know, age. Like he was, I didn't bring a 16 year old on the team or anything like that. But when he, when the team closed down, what did he do for a job? I mean, he went and worked in a cafe because he didn't have higher education. He didn't, he had no training for anything else. Right. right. And the, the mandatory military service over there does help in that respect. It offers career paths and also some practical training for certain things. But we've seen people get out of the military and get out of StarCraft as a game in South Korea and have no idea what to do with themselves. And I mean, I think not to go all the way back to hour one of this show, I think that's what might wind up happening to some of these YouTube kids who are just mm. like, I'm good. I don't need school. I've got YouTube. And I'm like, <laughs> and I think that's the, there's, okay. what the fuck is the name of the book? Freakonomics. Go read the book Freakonomics. It's phenomenal. When I taught, it was also like my go-to's. Uh, where I would literally have students in class read one of the chapters. And the chapter was something along the lines of what do football players and drug dealers have in common? Now, maybe a little bit more than we thought. But before, the, the, the premise was literally when young people see football stars, they only see the people who are like millionaires. Yeah. They don't see the many people who along the way get injured, make it maybe to college don't make it professionally the people who are benched in professional football the guys who get paid not barely anything to go out there and like get their faces smashed in and shit and then they only see the stars same with drug dealers everyone sees the fucking kingpins and the guys who are like raking raking the money they don't see the street hustlers they don't see all the dudes in prison like no one sees that and they all think i'm going to be that and the same thing applies with youtube twitch uh, esports, everyone's like, I'm gonna be the next faker or whatever the fuck. Like, everyone believes that in their core. The problem is 99.9999999% of people that shit ain't gonna happen. And like, that's just life because there can only be the one PewDiePie, right? Like, it can only be one Markiplier. There can only be like, it doesn't matter, right? There can only be one lyric. The whole point is that, uh, Everyone's struggling to get there, and the reality is that that's not the case. And follow your goddamn dreams all you want. Just accept the fact that, like, 10 years from now, you could be like, oh, fuck, I probably should have stayed an extra year in school. Right? Well, like, it's like, what's my skill set, and is it transferable? And yeah. the answer is often no. There are some people who've done okay switching from one esport to another, but that's still within a fairly limited ecosystem that's highly competitive. It... Yeah, my mother said something to me when I went to uni. It's like, look, go get your degree and then go do whatever you want at that point because at least you'll always have that to fall back on. Yeah. It I is think, think definitely here. concerning to see that, you know, mm -hmm. that, yeah, they're dragging some pretty young kids into this with promises of fame and fortune. And I have to wonder what's left for them if they bomb out. And that, yeah. And that's, this is... The thing about the Overwatch League is you have 18-year-old uh, young men and women who are really excited to be a part of this growing thing that is untested, untried, going off the back of, of what I 
truly believe to be a love for a franchise, not the actual game. And like, there is a lot riding on this and people watching people give up doing things that can secure their future to have the opportunity for a chance to maybe make a ludicrous sum of money. But even then long, like when you look at the amount of money players actually make, I mean, let's say you're good. Let's say you're real good and you have a three to four year career and then something happens. I mean, you maybe you're making like 70,000 a year, 100,000 a year, something like that. Like after that, where you at? Like you had four really fucking good years there. Now what? Like mm. what happens now? And that money can only last you so long and you have your entire life ahead of you. Mm-hmm. And TV's right. Then you see people who are like, I work at a cafe now. Yeah, and there's, not, there's nothing wrong with that. Brain. It just comes down to he didn't have anything else to back him up. He didn't have another skill set that he could have then applied after having to leave right. the industry. Right. And there aren't that many spaces for like coach or trainer or like that. And and they definitely, there are already people, the amount of fighting that goes on to get a spot as a caster is like, there's so much going on to, to even get into that world. So if mm-hmm. you think you're going to be a player, then somehow transition to another aspect of esports. Good luck. Like it's crazy. I've seen plenty of people try it. It doesn't necessarily yeah. work. You know, throughout the eight, nine years I've been doing StarCraft, I've seen plenty of that happen. And I just, I, and uh just for context to the people watching, if you don't know, both Jesse and TB have owned esports teams. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you and know, part yeah. part of the problem. And, uh, you know, when, their ass is well, all when we, sh- you oh, know, okay. there's um, you know, I can tell you what became of all the people on my team, and we tried our best to help them, and some of them have done well as a result. Some of them haven't. Um, Crank's doing fine. Uh, he was our team captain. Uh, we supported him by making sure he got casting gigs, by connecting him with Blizzard, by connecting his wife Olivia with Blizzard. They're involved directly in events that I run. They get paid to do the Korean side of things, the administration. They're doing fine. Uh, Ryung still plays competitively. He's the only one of them that does. Um, Hart went to China to go to university. Thankfully, he was you know of a good age and happened to have a contact through, I think, his uncle over there that allowed him to do that. Uh, I honestly don't know what Alicia does these days. Uh, impact is still playing a little bit of StarCraft, but not doing brilliantly well and not really making any money doing it. And Maya, I, you know, who we had on the team for quite a short amount of time, is was last I checked, you know, working in uh, you know family cafe. And um, there's only you know there's only so much you can do to help those players out. I wonder if you're going to set up a big infrastructure because before all of this, esports has been a kind of wild west. With mm. Overwatch League, they're trying to legitimize as much as they can. That infrastructure surely should also include, and I don't know if it does, maybe it does, I just don't know that, support for these players if things don't go well. You know, right. What happens if they get injured? You know, They're on a salary, yes. Not a very big <laughs> salary from what I've heard, but there is a salary. Those are like workers' comp. Health, workers' comp, health insurance, support afterwards to get into 
either uh, other forms of education, other careers, or some kind of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Bloody hell. Vocational training? I don't know if there's any of that. I mean, hell, there's, is there even any of that in the NBA, in the NFL? Does well, that no, even I have any I of mean, that? I I don't know. I mean, all I, I think hear- once you've once you've reached that level, you know, you. But I, I know exactly. You know, because there are all those people who like climb up, or people like below that, or going for the tryouts and things like that that don't make it. And then it's yeah, what's your plan B, right? So and and to everyone in chat who's like, well, what about the Olympics, where a fourteen-year-old can go? Time out on that shit because that's insane. Um, the Olympics you don't have the issue of like someone deciding the breaststroke is now an outdated thing because mm-hmm. it, like, like you don't have breaststroke 2.0 like that, that the category of game will never vanish. The people water can, is now we, sand. But, yeah. We, we nerfed the water. We make money off of that. Soccer, not going to fucking change. Like if you were a soccer player at 14, you can still be one at 30, right? Like, it still can exist and you can move on to the many other versions of that game, like leagues and like, like you can actually coach and commentate. There's a million things out there. Your game is not going to vanish. And if you become old and terrible, you can just go play in the United States. Hey. And we'd love, you. we'd love to have you. We'd be like, those guys were good back 20 years ago. Put them on the team. Yeah. But to again, be fair, though, the, like- the Olympics comparison is a little dodgy because actually they do remove sports from the Olympics on a fairly it's- regular basis. But I was also- thing- go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. I was also going to say this is, again, coming from this base idea of like, well, but what if I got into the Olympics? And it's like, how many fucking people get into the Olympics? That's true. That's, yeah. <laughs> Are you kidding? Like, don't base your potential success on, but what if I got into the Olympics, though? <laughs> like, but the and this, all comes, that- this all comes down to the uh, trivial, uh, insane task of being an adult saying to someone young, don't follow, like, have a backup plan. When really you just like they were like, I'm gonna follow my dreams and I'm gonna be a star. Like you can you can say it as much as you want. People aren't gonna listen. They're still gonna want to be that. No matter how much I say to chat, like that's insane to want to like try for that zero 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 point one percent. I'd be a hypocrite if I said I like everyone else wasn't like I can do that shit right. But mm-hmm. from experience, reality is that's the case. So like. I feel like it's the responsibility of the league to understand reality and try to mitigate as much bullshit as they can. To some extent, because, yeah. yeah. Of course, there's a level of personal responsibility in there as well. Of course there is. But ultimately, if the league is built on the backs of these players, then the league definitely has some level of responsibility. I would like to know what that is, you know, because I've, I've heard people in chat, yeah, apparently there is uh, health insurance and support for that. That's great. It's just this is the first like really huge attempt. And I'm right. saying this is even potentially bigger than the LCS to legitimize this whole thing and make it a real career path. And yet mm. it still seems like such a risky career path, even with that level of legitimization and financial backing behind it. Uh, Slow if you had something. These are relatively new industries, you know. If you look at like professional sports and things like that, there are like Plan Bs that set up for people. There's like financial counseling people like brought up in chat and things like that. But this is still pretty young. And not only that, but like people, you get this bias because you see that 0.1 percent of person who like quit school to become a professional, whatever, and they made it. But you don't hear about like the the people who don't, and then they don't have that, and then they have a problem getting back at school, et cetera, et cetera. You know. 
it's right. uh, there if there's a name for it it's like some kind of like bias towards success or whatever when you see that kind of thing and you're survivorship like, oh, well, gonna... bias something like yeah something like yeah. that yeah i know exactly right definitely a bit of that involved yeah i just yeah. you know they they seem like they're trying to be like to really lead in a big way here and i've said it before i don't want al to fail because i think if it does it's going to have a very right. severe implication on the whole industry yeah, as much well, as i don't really care about watching overwatch that going tits up would be very bad for everybody well yeah when it was first announced um so many people were like this could be the first step or not the first step but a big step toward you know full-on legitimization yeah esports leagues being seen in a very legitimate light but you're right if it if it falls apart then that's going to be a huge detriment. The amount of money involved, if it falls apart, esports will never see that kind of buy-in again. Mm-hmm. No. Like the amount of money... I mean, I think in- the buy-in is insane. I mean, at yeah. this point. You, but- you wouldn't be able to convince anyone with a lot of money to invest in your like league ever again. Leagues would be done. No. yeah, I mean, you, you're totally right with that. And this is why... I want that league to succeed and I want it to lead by example when it comes to making sure that these players are well taken care of. The last thing you want is bad optics on anything, anything regarding this, including, oh, great, you know, this kid dropped out of high school to play a video game, failed miserably for whatever reason, or was kept out of the country because of his visa issues or broke his hand, wasn't able to play. Or, in, I mean, in the case of the guy you were talking about, from uh, what is it Philadelphia Fusion he got banned for the first 30 games because he was boosting accounts on Overwatch like he was boosting people's uh, MMR up so mm. he already got banned for a stupid fucking thing he did outside of that and th- I think the last thing you want especially with media still being as goddamn hostile as it is to video games is story of kid ruins his life over video game that's right. a that's a bad look. That's a very bad look. And tons of media are looking for that, right? Because of they course they are. They yeah. don't love this like new user generated content media. Why would they? It's in right. it's in at least indirect competition with them. It's in competition for people's time. Yeah, that's the reality of it. So no, they don't like it. Why would they? Right. So yeah. So do become a YouTube celebrity. You can do it. <laughs> Oh. Jesus yeah, Christ. Never mind. We You're... take everything back. Should we fight? Not ignore yeah. all of this. Do it. Fucking do it. <laughs> oh, Christ. Rather obvious statement from the president of Take Two. We don't view loot boxes as gambling because we can't force consumers right. to do anything. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> That's... When I go to Vegas, I usually put down more money with a gun to my head. You're, they're absolutely I was right. Gonna, yeah. 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 We're yeah. forcing you to use well, you slot machines. Gambling addiction is real. Fuck, why did I come in? Now I'm going to have God, to play There the was somebody at the door like a- forcing me to go to that slot machine. They're, I, right. I mean, they, they Take Two made it clear a few weeks ago like, we, we want to monet, monetize everything. You know, bear in mind, the amount of money they've made off GTA Online is an obscene amount of money. They didn't they didn't use loot boxes to do it, but they did bloody well sell in-game items, which are powerful and take a shit ton of time to get. And 
GTA Online became a rich person's playground, basically. And then we look at the other stuff that Take-Two's publishing and we think, right, they want to include recurrent consumer spending opportunities. That's their quote from Strauss Zelnick, their CEO, in all of the games in the future. Doesn't specifically mean loot boxes, but they're definitely, you know, when they talk about recurrent, they're talking about games as a service. They're talking about getting people to constantly come back and spend more and more and more money, which is an odd thing, actually, because it, it kind of flies in the face of what some of their games have been doing up to this point. Like, say, Civilization VI, for example, where there was an article a few weeks ago where Firaxis made it clear for our games, expansion packs are the way to go. For XCOM, for Civilization VI, it's the right way to go. And then you get worried when you see a publisher say the polar opposite of that and say, oh God, what are they going to try and shove into games that we already like? What are they going to shove into Red Dead 2? What are they going to shove into their future big titles? It's not a good look. And when you see them already aggressively defending loot boxes as not gambling, it's totally not a problem. Um... <laughs> you think, right, well, I think I can clearly see what you're planning on doing then. It's already becoming a legal issue. Like, mm -hmm. stop. <laughs> like, stop. <laughs> this is the, we talked about this last week. This is the same kind of thought process that leads to, in like, way too much government regulation because it comes down to it like, well, look, it's not the corporation's job to tell people what to do. We don't tell them to buy poison water. Mm -hmm. We don't tell, like, 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 you're like, right? And it's like, what the fuck are you talking about? That's not how that should work at all. Like, have responsibility, but it, it, as long as you can make money, most corporations are not. They're gonna be like, no, fuck you. We're, we have investors and we have people we need to pay. Like, we have a responsibility to do. It's just you, a fucked crazy thing. So, yeah, when the more you start saying crazy shit, the more people are gonna be like, we need to regulate this, and then that leads to like way too many regulations. So it's just like a clusterfuck. This well, is gonna be a mess. Yeah. Get oh, yeah. ready, kids. This is gonna be a mess. Most likely. Right? Yeah, yeah, I'm pr I'm predicting the next thing because they do this on mobile is like some hidden RNG stuff, you know. Like if you ever see those King games, like that whole series, they'll do those things where it's like, oh, we'll let you win with the score, but there's uh, you didn't win the level. Now King's an interesting life. one because they basically sell extra lives. Yeah, like almost but... all of their games are built around the model of all of the content is free. It just gets to the point where the content is so fucking hard that if you want to play for longer than five minutes, you're going to have to buy extra lives. That's what Candy Crush was built on. That's what oh, yeah. most of their successful games are built on. I wonder, like, do you view... Here's a question for around the room. How egregious a model do you view that as being? Because on the face of it, that actually doesn't seem that bad, does it? Oh, man, I can t I can talk your ear off about it. But Please like, do. You, know you, have, you have experience in this. If you if you want to see it at its most naked, King has a game called Bubble Witch. Okay, mm -hmm. Bubble Witch is bust a move that old Taito um, yeah. puzzle game yeah. where you like kind of do bank shots and hit gems. You know, yeah, that's a skill based game completely. What King did was they added an element to it. When the gems drop, they have to bounce around and land in a pot. So it's not enough. There's a random element puzzle. Ah. You have to get as many in the pot so your points go up as high as possible. If they had left it alone, it was just a skill-based game. Hey, fine. You have to do the fuel thing, you know, mobile marketplace being what it is. But they purposely add that RNG element to say, you can't finish this. Even if you're a quote-unquote really good player, mm. here's a random element we've hidden in it. And Candy right. Crush is the same way, and they just hide it. There'll be levels where it's like, 
this candy bomb goes off in three turns or you lose, oh, maybe you do or don't get the right colors you need at the time. Ah. Right. Yeah. That's fair. I mean, it's it's the old school arcade model, isn't it? You're shoveling yeah. quarters into the damn thing. But it's interesting to... And I wonder how much of that was the old oh. arcade model. How much bullshit was put into old arcade games on purpose to try and get TV? more quarters out of people. Were you in the office oh. when Gerard bought the arcade cabinet that is in the lounge area? Uh, I mean, I've seen it. I don't think I was there right, when the it arrived. Constantly rotates through games. Yeah, so he, yeah. he bought this arcade cabinet that has like 400 games on it, and they're all old arcade games. Okay. And so over the course of however months we've had this thing, I played through a few of them, and they are they're games that I remember being really hard on the arcade and ones where you were like funneling in quarters trying to beat this thing. None of them are over an hour long. Yeah. They're all they're all just you die 12 times a level scams to keep you pumping in quarters and you think it's a challenge, but it's not really a challenge because when you can just press continue, you realize that it's just like enemies and shit come out of nowhere and kill you because that's how the game's designed to fuck you over. And it's like, oh my god, arcades were the biggest fucking scam yeah. of the Sega was huge on this. If you ever play their old arcade, like House of the Dead 2, toward the end, it gets just insanely hard in the last oh, level. Yeah. They would have games where they'd let you continue until the last level, and then if you gamed over, you were right back to the beginning. So people would like go, okay, I gotta go through that whole journey again. You know? Um, Dragon's Lair, that old one, there's a dip switch setting where you can actually, this is true, like, you can look this up. There's a dip switch setting where if you play it, it'll just stop and say, please insert another 50 cents to continue, even if you didn't game over. And you can set that to happen three times in a single game. Wow. Yeah. I encountered it in the wild, like happened once, but. <laughs> in the wild. In the wild. In <laughs> Dragon's Lair was, I mean, there was quite a lot of guesswork in that game, wasn't there, outside of the reaction stuff? It was, I mean, once you, you could memorize where to go and all they would do is like flip the video. So sometimes you went left instead of right, you know, yeah. but like you could eventually like get it down, you know, but uh, it was typically more expensive because it was that like laser disc game and all that. And then, yeah, there is this like setting where it was just like, nah, just make him give us 50 more cents. That's that. Well, there you we, go. Uh, we were playing Michael Jackson's Thriller. Hilarious game if you can find it. It is amazing at the beginning of every level he's like no i think it's called moonwalker moonwalker oh yeah, moonwalker like, oh jesus yeah at the beginning of every level it's so good he power ups when he finds bubbles and becomes a robot it's amazing mm -hmm. but that game is four stages long i remember when i played it in the arcade spending a whole day with friends playing that shit and like we beat it in maybe 45 minutes on like mm -hmm. a Sunday here in the office. I was like, holy fuck. What a Michael Jackson ripped my ass off. It was crazy. I was <laughs> blown away. Yeah. I mean, I have no problem with the pay to play model, like old art coin op arcades, you know, where, or anything where it's up front of, we're you're going to play a video game skills involved. If you lose, you can continue or maybe not, or whatever. But, like, I don't like the hidden stuff where it's like, okay, we're suddenly going to ramp up difficulty to kind of obviously get, you know, quarters out of your pocket. Or, like I said, the king stuff where it's like there's a hidden RNG element where this is not about skill at all, actually. And there's, th this is, game. I mean, this is one of the big problems that I have with loot boxes in general mm -hmm. is that we know for a fact that loot box odds have been manipulated. We know about something called the pity timer, for instance, whereby... After a certain number of uh, uh, openings, 
where you haven't got any uh, anything of a certain rarity, the game will spit something out at you. I think it's like, depends on the game, but it's like an ever-increasing chance until it eventually hits that and then the pity timer resets. But simultaneously, it's also entirely possible, and there's been some pretty solid evidence that companies do this, where they actively manipulate the odds, depending on the tendencies of the player, they deliberately fuck whales over by lowering their chance of getting a certain thing or a certain rarity, you know, with gacha games in particular. Mm-hmm. That, to me, is the the most egregious part of it, because you compare that to gambling and the way that gambling is regulated, the odds have to be clearly displayed and can't be fucked with, because that's illegal. But you're having right. to trust these companies that they will not fuck with the odds, which, by the way, you don't know what the odds are in the first place. You can only guess. Yeah, all of these games are online now. They could be doing all kinds of crazy shit under and the hood at any time. Yeah, totally. For, um, why, why would they not? Like, yeah. unless it got out and made a huge scandal, how would you know? How the oh. fuck would anybody know? Yeah. There was one recently they got kind of caught out doing that. And I, I thought it was a, the Dragon Ball one, wasn't it? That um, is, yeah, I think you might be right. Yeah. There, yeah, it was like on Reddit. I forget. I read about it now. But yeah, I forget now. But yeah. Then, yeah, they're, they're like, they're not a provably fair system. It's, um, you know, when you've got China saying you have to disclose the odds and then some companies trying to avoid that and dodge it. You're like, well, why, why? So why are you trying to to dodge that? Like, does that mean there's something under the hood where you're actually manipulating those odds? Right. And you don't want people to know about that because that's a concern. Even then, you'll see the fact that uh, when companies do show you the odds, the odds of getting the thing you want are like 0.05 percent, and you're like, oh, that's a shit ton of money, and and that's without any hidden algorithms and crazy under the hood shit that they're keeping from you. Like that's mm-hmm. just them saying, no, this will is very, very rare. So if you want this, you're gonna have to give us a lot of money. Right. Of course they don't want people to know that stuff. Imagine the things that are hidden. Man, you you go back through all the digital sort of stuff you bought, whether it be card packs for a game or loot boxes or whatever, and you think, was one of those companies fucking me? Like, outside of the obvious fucking of I'm paying money for digital goods because I'm a fucking idiot, were they fucking me more in a way that I wasn't aware of at the time? It's interesting because we've we've gotten much more accepting of the concept of it in terms of, like, like um, when, I was doing the, when I was doing the Lego stream with Octo, we were laughing about how he, like, got super into Naruto online. And uh, and he was like admitting how much money he had spent on it. And everybody was like, oh, that's not that much, though. And it's like, but uh, too much is going to be different for everybody. Yeah. Right? So, and and like, even the fact even that if you can say I spent hundreds of dollars on this game trying to get a character. And for the most part, people would be like, it's only in the hundreds. <laughs> You're not it's not that bad. I mean, I <laughs> even look like, back at it and like I. In many cases, outside of Hearthstone, which made me a ton of money and buying cards, and that was an investment because I was getting the money back from the streams and the YouTube videos, etc. When I look at fucking the amount of money I dropped on Clash Royale or on Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes, I'm like, I'm a fucking stupid person. Mm. <laughs> I'm a but- stupid person. And it's brought into perspective when stuff like Marvel Heroes shuts down and all those items disappear forever. Right. It's- but everybody is. It's like a proven thing, especially with like loot boxes and anything that's like that Skinner box thing. If you randomize the chance that something's going to happen, people keep hitting the button, mm-hmm. you know? 
the stat because it's a thrill. Yeah, it's a absolutely. fucking thrill. You feel it. It, it. There's no doubt that I've chased that, mm. without question. You know, it just happens to be. Thankfully, I had enough, you know, disposable income for that not to be an issue. But we know what happens with people that don't. That's called gambling addiction. Gambling is inherently addictive. And all of these loot box experiences are made to be exciting to open. Lights Absolutely. and sounds, the way that the experience is crafted is down to a T. It's down to a fucking science. Mm. It really is. It, it like literally is. It's all like marketing stuff that like people have studied and say, this is, we found, this is the sound effect kind of thing that like makes this is what works back and all that. Yep. Yep. This is what's satisfying. This is what mm. makes people want to do more. Well, we will we'll see what happens with that and whether or not there's any movement on the government front. But there, you know, people are getting awfully defensive about it. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't I don't necessarily blame you, but it sounds like you're trying to get your ducks in a row before a government agency comes along and says, Oh, you what you've been up to here then? What's going on with this? Yep. Mm -hmm. All right. I think that's pretty much the news for this week unless anybody else happened to have seen anything this week that blew their mind a deer with a raccoon tail actually wow that away. that is exciting yeah that was weird yeah that was that was a bit mind-blowing i'll give you that mm -hmm. also just just because it's awesome official amateuresu career for dota 2 is on the workshop just nice. saying that's pretty great Oh, okay. yeah, Mega Man 11. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, they're going to bring all the Mega Man games to the Switch, because why not? Money. And announcement of Mega Man 11. Yeah. And there's currently a rumor floating around that a Dark Souls 1 remaster is coming to Xbox One, PS4, and Switch. Portable Dark Souls? Mm. Whoa. That would sell well, I think. All right. Let's look at releases, then. If you're a Switch owner, there's actually a lot yeah. digitally coming out at any rate. Quite a significant amount. Pop the release list over here and bring up what we got. There's a few things worth your attention, as much as it sounds like most things are junk, because, well, they are. If we have a look at releases, one we talked a little bit about earlier, Nine Parchments is out today. That is... 20 bucks available on Switch and on PC. Again, very much recommended as a co-op game. Worth, worth a look-see from what we've seen. Slow Beef, you found one called Boiling Bolt, I believe. I'm, how could I turn up a name like Boiling Bolt or turn down? Uh, yeah, it looks like... Uh, I've, I've been talking about shmups all friggin' day, but uh, it looks like it's one of those, but it has a sort of time-slowing mechanic to help you do um, combos and things like that, so that actually looked pretty cool. I thought. Oh, yeah. It actually looks pretty yeah. neat. Some good stuff. Mm -hmm. Outside of that on PC, there's really not much today, but on console, Dead Rising 4 Frank's big package on the PS4, so that's kind of Game of the Year edition of that. Horizon Zero Dawn Complete Edition on PS4. Switch, big, big releases. This is The Police coming to Switch. Caveman Warriors and Nine Parchments, as we mentioned. And Nine uh, Boiling Bolt was also coming to PS4, along with Let Them Come and Steep Winter Games Edition from Ubisoft. So some stuff for console. December 6th is the early access release of Riot Civil Unrest. 
I'll be interested to see what other people think of that. Yeah. I, I, I and what they're gonna you know figure out tutorial wise as to how to properly teach you how to play that game. Because like I said, as the riot as I just didn't know what I was doing. Mm. Finally, I, I thought this game had been out for a while. I guess not on Steam anyway. Getting over it which is the game that has been frustrating streamers for the past few weeks. Yeah, was that just in a beta or something? I weird? think it, it maybe... Came, it came with a monthly Humble bundle. Oh, you couldn't, okay. you couldn't get it anywhere else. I, I uh, All week, people were like, play it on Fan Friday, and I've never been so happy it wasn't released yet. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> oh, it doesn't exist yet. Oh, well, sorry, oh. my bad. It looks <laughs> absolutely dreadful. I mean, I've seen people play it, and some people are into the whole frustration bang your head against the wall kind of thing. I would rather stick pins and needles in my eyes than play this stupid fucking thing. Frankly, no. Absolutely not. Um, The game that I dinged on this day is called Hero of Myths, or Heroes of Myths, Warriors of Gods. And it's like, it's sort of tower defense-y, it looks like. Um, it's a typical like, game. Yeah, you're like constantly putting, it's side scrolling. You're constantly like putting dudes that you can afford out, and they like try to fight back the horde, basically. Um, so that looks like it might be kind of a a nice mindless game. <laughs> yeah, I play quite a few of those on mobile. They're they're a good time waster. Mm. Jesse pointing out the release of a Hat in Time on PS4 and on Xbox One. Yo. The fact that it's on consoles is so cool. Get on that shit. It's a good game, y'all. It's it's great that it's not just on PC. Yes, being on PC is awesome, but like, this is a game that I feel like deserves to be on consoles and probably yeah, kind of belongs on there, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's not out on Switch yet, right? Or is it? I don't know. Seems like it bloody well should be. Right. It certainly seems like a Switch game. I've got to check that now. It's like, is it? I could swear it was. Nope. Could be appearing on Switch in the future. God, that, mm. that seems like such an obvious right. thing. Yeah, we'll see what happens with that. Outside of that, uh, Switch is getting WWE 2K18. Oh, God. Even as a wrestling fan, that fucking game. God damn. Yeah, you weren't a fan of that, were you? Well, the main problem with it is they decided to do the progression in my career mode through fucking loot boxes. So it's all randomized <laughs> bullshit, like random shirts, random trunks, random punches. Like, it's that. No, no, just it's all they're all in the game that you don't buy them. But it's a terrible way to do progression in anything. So no, bullshit. Don't recommend. Uh, Jack 2, 3 and Jack X all coming to PS4. Chaos and Deponia coming to PS4 as well. Big release, in my opinion, on December 7th that at least me and Dodger should be looking forward to. New Reigns game. New Reigns game. Reigns yeah. Her Majesty on December the 7th. That'll be on PC and I believe on iOS device as well. Great game for your phone. Fantastic mm -hmm. game for your phone. Highly recommended. If you haven't played the first one, you really fucking should. It's just really... Just your satanic dog and just, yep. you know... Do what the do satanic dog like. tells you to do. Simple yeah. as that. Again, a huge amount more stuff on Switch. Human Fall Flat, Tesla Grad, Phantom Breaker, Battlegrounds Overdrive, Red Game Without a Great Name, Slain Back from Hell, which is great, by the way. Used to be a shit game, now not a, not bad at all. They improved that drastically. 
few Neo Geo games, uh, Riptide's coming out, and Sexy Brutal, which is fucking great and highly overlooked this year, is coming oh, to Switch. Yeah. Coming out on Switch. Yeah, it's a good place to do that. Mm-hmm. I've heard good like things it. about Human Fall Flat, too, but I haven't played it yet. I haven't played it yet. I think I saw Northern Lion and his crew playing at some point. They seem to be big into it. Oh, never mind then. <laughs> pass, hard pass. Indeed. Yeah, well, you can't trust people that don't win the Champions of Fire tournament. <laughs> November 8th. Jesse, this is yours. Oh, on December 8th, uh, Hello Neighbor. Oh, so, yeah, you're right. December 8th. I apologize. Hello Neighbor is, is coming, and uh, this is the game that... Um, I'm sure you probably saw a lot of people playing demos of uh, where you have a crazy ass neighbor and it's a stealth horror game about sneaking into your neighbor's house and uh, figuring out what's going on with that dude because he's up to no good. Mm. Um, it's it's pretty interesting. There's been a lot of really funny videos about it. But uh, yeah, it actually exists now for real people to play. Dodger, why? Lo- <laughs> Lobster Empire. You build your lobster business. This thing kept being delayed. Like, I see this on the release list every week. One day it's going to come out. It looks like it would be fun. One day it's going to come out, and I'm going to It is a lobster tycoon game. I mean, it does actually look pretty entertaining. Yeah. I have to admit that. How did we miss it? There's a game called Weed. And that's just all it's called. Oh, I saw it. I think we deliberately ignored it. Oh, I saw it. Yeah. Tokyo, just, uh, yeah. Go ahead, Tokyo Xanadu EX Plus is coming to PC, which is a big Falcom action RPG thingy, uh, which looked pretty neat. I know it was on Vita initially, I think. So they're bringing it to PS4 and PC, so a pretty obscure game that most people wouldn't have got to play. Some people have compared it to Persona in some respects. I know that. People seem to like it quite a bit. It's interesting. It looks intriguing. I might give mm. it a shot. I uh, had I had Tenta Shooter selected on December 9th, and then I went through more of the screenshots and I was like, you know what? Never mind. No, Never mind. I like I like the, the description. Bullet, the bullet yeah. hell like video stuff of it. I was like, ah oh, yeah, this looks like the type of bullet hell I could get super into. And then I saw some more of the screenshots. Oh, yeah. and I was like, Never mind. Have you, have you actually oh, read? Oh yeah, this? okay. There they are. Everyone's yeah. favorite tentacle-themed arcade-style bullet hell shooter is now on Steam. Everyone's favorite. Everyone's favorite. I think the last thing I noticed on here that's uh, worthy of a look on December 9th, and then there's a few more on December eleventh. Uh, Loco Roca Two Remasters coming to PS4. I don't know what you can remaster about Loco Roca really, other than <laughs> you know it was in low resolution on the PSP, so I guess you could upscale it. Logaroka's great, though. December the 11th. Yeah, I got three on here. What you got? Uh, the first, first one is Wands, um, which is a VR magic dueling game. That's neat. Yeah, it looks, it looks, it reminded me of the game that Jesse had described to us a while back, but he said it's not, it's not the same game. But it, this looks awesome to me. Yeah, it's got um, potential. Yeah. The next one is Naughty Elves. Why? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's a puzzle. It's a puzzle game where your elves are fucking up, I guess. So they're naughty. Knock, knock those elves out and get Christmas going. 
And then the last one, I was like, what the fuck is called The Strange Thing? It's literally a Stranger Things spoof in a racing game. And I was like, <laughs> ha. What? So I just I just wanted to I just wanted is this official? to experience that together. Well, I don't think it's official because the trailer has a Fraps benchmark little thing on it. So yeah, probably not. Also, I think if it was official, it would just have this like Stranger Things. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Title. Yes. <laughs> I, I'm gonna go with yes. The strange thing. <laughs> yes, that, that does not look official at all. Mm. Uh, there you go. Uh, yeah, this week that's was pretty the much show, it. So yeah, no, not much out this week, honestly. But if you have a Switch, then there's actually quite a lot of choice for you. So you might want to have a look at that. Play the Sexy Brutal. It's fucking great. It's very unique. You won't play anything like it. Trust me. Mm. Yeah, that's about it, really. Thank you very much for watching the Cooperational Podcast. Big thanks to our sponsor, Squarespace. Squarespace.com slash Cooperational for 10% of your first order and a free trial. Jesse, what's going on this week? What you got? Man, um... I have all sorts of stuff happening this week, but most of it involves me harassing Dodger into some more time with uh, our our two sweethearts in Arcadia Bay, and um, then uh, uh, some Scary Game Squad stuff is coming. So look for that. All right then, Dodger, what you got? Uh, hi guys. You can find me at Dex Bonus on pretty much everything. Um, yeah, we'll see if if Jesse and I can find time to play more of the letter this week. Um, I'm doing Vlogmas this month, so if uh, if you've been like Dodger, what's going on on your YouTube channel? Nothing's been going up. Uh, I'm putting up daily vlogs this month, so I've been harassing everybody in my life, and they're already sick of me. So enjoy that. And uh, <laughs> Jesse's like, true fact. Um. Yeah, check out my coffee company, please. You can find it at dodgercoffeeco.com. I swear that it's delicious. It's too much coffee yeah. for me. Can't handle it. Nonsense. Nonsense. Mr. Sloby, thank you very much for coming to the show today. Where can we find you and what can we expect over the next week or so? Thank you for having me. Uh, so you can find me on twitch.tv slash slowbeef and uh, the same on YouTube. Uh, I'm doing a thing called uh, Visual Novel Book Club with a few friends where we read through visual novels and discuss it book club style. We're currently doing Danganronpa V3, actually. Um, this week, I, this month, really, I've been going to be playing a lot of like Japanese PS1, PS2 stuff, things like Crazy Telekatsu, Let's Go Hawaii, and then, then for the Kojima fans, like Snatcher and Fleet Knots and different platforms and the English releases. So, mm. fun stuff like that. Thank oh, you. and for uh, I also have a channel, Retsuprae, R-E-T-S-U-P-U-R-A-E, because I'm terrible at marketing. Nobody can fucking spell that. No, it's I'm an idiot. But um, so uh, we're finishing up Jack Orlando, and then we're hopefully going to have a surprise for some of the longtime fans coming later. Lovely. Or next week. As for what's going on in the channel this week, honestly, don't really know. Depends on whether or not my throat has healed by then. I've been sucking down throat lozenges pretty much the entire show to avoid too much croak. The hope is, if it's fine by Thursday, to do the riff session on the Game Awards, which is happening, which is such a wonderful show with nothing wrong with it whatsoever. What could we possibly find fault with? But they can, they're allowing co-streaming on Twitch. It'll be myself and Jen doing that. Kind of just like our E3 Snarkathon stuff. There should be a Shoutcraft tournament this month. It just depends on when. Don't have the date for that yet. What we do have is the new merch store. If you haven't already checked it out and you want to guarantee 
delivery before Christmas. I say guarantee you may still get it before Christmas if you order later, but I'm not guaranteeing it. Head on over to TotalBiscuit.shop. That is TotalBiscuit.shop. That is where you will find it. And if you order within the next two days, this is from Tuesday. If by the time this goes up on Thursday, it will be too late. You should be guaranteed it before Christmas. Those who had problems with the shipping, that's been fixed. There's no double charging anymore. So that's all sorted out. And in it, hopefully this week, we're going to be launching long sleeve shirts as well. Because apparently people wear those and I was not aware of that. <laughs> so, yes, we will do that. Makes sense when I think about it, considering it's cold. Yes, that does make a good degree of sense. Outside of that, the 12th and the 19th, the next two episodes of the Co-Optional Podcast, will be the Co-Opties, which is our fake made-up award show, where we come up with ludicrously arbitrary, silly categories that we will fill with probably the one game that inspired it, and then see if we can come up with anything else that will fit in it. Probably not, is the simple answer to that. But it'll be our yearly end-of-the-year roundup thingy. Hmm to remind us of all the good games that we didn't bother playing this year. Thank you very much for watching the Corporational Podcast, folks, and we will see you next time. Goodbye.